At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right. What is up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Uh, Spencer Israel, Aaron Bree. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, I still don't even know what kind of a mood I'm in. I'm feeling all kinds of ways. I'm feeling um, down. I'm I'm trying to see the silver lining, but it's difficult. How are you feeling today, Aaron? I'm feeling okay. I mean, like I, I'll I'll set I'll start with this. Hand up. I was wrong. I I was saying for a while that I felt like nothing lo- nothing was going to happen. Yeah, I, I, had, I thought I was with you. And we had that time where you know they were saying, "Oh, Putin's going to invade on Wednesday, whatever." The day yeah. passed, nothing ever happened, and it seemed like one of those things where um, the media was uh, overhyping it. I think it was Walter Lippmann uh, said the media will oftentimes make mole molehills out of mountains and mountains out of molehills, and I felt like that was one of those times. I was wrong. I was wrong. So you know, obviously a very tragic situation unfolding right now in Ukraine. Yeah, thoughts are with anyone that are over there in in that area. Uh, Tilo is wondering about um, our friend Matt Hammond, who joins us every single Monday to talk IPOs. He is him and his family are safe and out of Ukraine. Um, thankfully, um, I, we hope that everyone it, who is not currently safe gets safe. And obviously, yeah, I mean, I w- I've been trying to think all morning, all night, all morning. Aaron is trying to figure out. Remember. The last time we had a major armed conflict like like this involving a major global power uh, in Europe, um, you know, I think the Russian annex, annexation of Crimea in 2014. But, but before that, if anyone in the chat knows, I, I really can't think of um, the last time we had a military escalation like this. Frankly, that wasn't in the Middle East, to be honest. Um, so there's a lot to think about. Uh, we'll get to the markets. We'll talk about that. that that's a whole other can of worms. Um, we have some guests today. Uh, that I think we're going to have Options Mike on in about 10 minutes. We're going to have uh, uh, the, the Trade Zero guys are coming on for trivia today. So we're doing trivia at 1 o'clock, and we're going to do a uh, short-selling trivia segment with Trade Zero at 1. We'll give away some swag. And then at 1.30, we'll have Robert Machinist, the CEO of Troika Media Group. Yes, that's his real name. Um, that'll be at 1.30 today. So, um, uh, yeah, I guess let's just roll that intro, guys, and uh, start the show. Smash that like, and let's let's go. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer AB. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Someone told me buy high, sell higher. Let's get Matt Hammond on the show to talk some IPOs. Jake Wojcik from Trend Spider. We have a breaking news. All right, so um, gotta say, I don't really know what to say, Aaron. Uh, let's bring up the, uh, the the pro here on the screen. So. Uh, this morning, if you're on Twitter at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., you 9 a.m., 
anytime in the pre-market. You probably saw a couple of the tweets that were just like, hey, and I know Benzinga did this as well. Hey, just for awareness, everyone, just so you know, the the uh, uh, the, the NICE circuit breakers are 7% and 5%, uh, and there was discussions of how far do you have to fall before it's limit down, and the market took all that sentiment and flipped it on its head. We have bounced hard off the open, uh, basically across the board. Everything opened lower today with the exception of commodities and um, uh, defense stocks like Lockheed Martin, et cetera. Everything opened lower and everything, almost everything is balanced now. So as far as the market, I don't really know what you do here. Um, I, I guess I'll just say, here's what I did, Aaron. I am out of all my swings. And by when I say all, I mean two. I had two swing trades on. Okay. I had um actually that's that's not true. I actually had three and I just remembered about one of them. But I uh I had the swing trade on BCRX and I had the swing trade on Palantir. Out of them both as of this morning. Um the third trade I just remembered about was my Callaway trade, Callaway Golf. I I'm still in that, honestly, because I just remembered because it's in a different account that I tend not to think about. Um, so I, I have to look at that right now and decided what I want to do here. But I, well, Callaway is green today. So let you know, well, everything is green today. Everything is green from the open. From I got the open. from the, yeah, let's, let's be clear from the open. Everything is green. I don't think this is a good time to be buying stocks though. Um, any stock, okay. frankly. I, so I agree. But um, I, I do want to bring up some historical data. Please. Do you have any charts that you can show us or are you just going to go off? Uh... I, I do. Okay. Um, let me try to find. And, and while, while he does that, like, and, I, and I said this this morning as well, I, I'm trying to walk a line here. I'm trying to walk a fine line between, you know, being, con- uh, being concerned as I should be because a major – military escalation of, like of this magnitude is not very common. Um, and yet at the same time, by my nature, I'm, I'm not a very worried person when it comes to geopolitical events. I, I'm an, I'm a news junkie, but I, I tend not to pay close attention to global geopolitical movements. Um, very often. I think, and what this is what Aaron's about to show us is, I think by and large the market uh, moves past, moves past it. Whether it's a situation in Ukraine, whether it's a situation in Greece or China or North Korea, the market just keeps on trucking. So I'm trying to walk this fine line between being worried because I'm seeing the view. And, you know, while it, it's really tough that people may be losing money out there. I mean, I, who cares? Who cares exactly. about losing money? There's, there's bigger. There's uh, bigger... I'm going to jump in here, guys. I think your sound cut out for like the last 30 seconds, but it's back now. Our sound is back. Give us a one in the chat if our sound is back. Thanks, Rohan. Oh, cool. All right. Well, let me go ahead and somebody, pull this up real quick. Somebody screwed up. 
all I w- all we were saying really is that there are bigger. You know, it, it sucks losing money in the markets. It's been choppy the past couple of weeks, but there are bigger things going on right now. The um, situation overseas is obviously bigger than yeah. uh, the stock market. But here, here's something that I found interesting. So, wait, can you show us who tweeted this so we can give him credit? Yes, uh, Eugene or it's it's uh, Eugene. Eugene Ng. Ng, is that how you pronounce that? Um, it's. I was actually just uh, talking about him on Twitter. I told him I was going to use his tweet, and I hope he doesn't mind. Um, That's why I love. It. See, I never. Heard, I, I don't know who this person is. He's he's a really good follow. So he's former Gemini, Barclays, City, Deutsche Bank, um, seeking clarity in the chaos, building stealth crypto. He's he's got good thoughts. Okay, great. I want to follow this person. Yeah, I right. also he's in a different time zone. That's later. So I pitched him instead of because. This show for him is like past midnight, so I was like, maybe it'd be better, it'd be better to come on pre-market prep. Sure. Um, so markets have bottomed at the inva- at the invasion or just before the invasion five out of five times previously. Bottom line, sell the buildup by the invasion as markets bottomed just before guns are fired. So um, you can see in, in, in previous. Yeah. I, have, I have my own chart to, to go against this sort of, not really go against, but okay, but keep going. Yeah, I mean, this is just looking back at big invasion. So, uh Crimea, Iraq, Afghanistan, Gulf War. And each time, I guess, the, the day or week of the invasion has been the bottom of that scare. I mean, you can see what, what What are we measuring here? What is this, the S&P? What, 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 what stock market? What, what is this? A chart, um, do we know? Well. Like, like what is the red line? I'm, that's a good, great question. He, he doesn't, I don't even think he says. He doesn't say, but let's try to use some context clues. Uh, twenty one hundred and twenty fourteen. Could be. Is that the S and P? Uh, could be. Let's see where oh. the S and P was at in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Is it all right? The S and P. Um. Was around. I guess it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the S and P. All right. Uh, but I agree that it should be. <laughs> Should be set over there. Set, so set so okay. I I like that. I like that chart. I also like these charts. Okay. Oh, this chart. This is from Ryan Dietrich. He's been on a long time friend of the program, friend of Benzinga. He's at LPL Financial. He's our chief market strategist. And he's he's very big on uh, on looking at trends as it pertains to seasonality and as it pertains to uh, geopolitical events. So this is um this is the S and P five hundred index as it pertains to every major geopolitical event. Um, and maybe not every, but we'll call it the 37 major geopolitical events since World War II. And the caveat here is where, when do these events occur with respect to an economic recession? That's the caveat, right? So the takeaway from this table is if you have a major geopolitical event, be it a military strike, um, Pearl Harbor attack, um, Tet Offensive, Six-Day War, Assassination of a President, JFK's assassination is on here, uh, Invasion of Kuwait, whatever it is, whether that event occurred near an economic recession, that was more of an indicator of what the S&P 500 did 12 months into the future. If the event occurred near a recession, then the, market, then the S&P was lower 12 months into the future. If it didn't occur near a recession, then the market was higher 12 months into the future. Right now, we are not near a recession by the tech, the, the textbook term going off of GDP. We are not 
in a recession right now. Um, I guess who's to say whether we're quote unquote near one. Um, I don't think we are near one, frankly, as 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 GDP would would indicate. So the, the the bottom line here is look at these events with respect to the economic cycle, and that could tell us what the future holds for the stock market. Um, there are so many angles of this story here, Aaron. There is the, there's of course the angle that none, none of this matters. There is the angle that um, what does this do for the U.S. economy? What does this do for the global economy? What does this do for um, for the to the Fed? You know, um, people were throwing out the big S word this morning: stagflation. Which I think we've only had it once before. That was in the mid to late seventies. Can you right? explain that real quick? Stagflation: prices rising while the economy is contracting. It's a double. It, it, it's the double-edged sword. It, it's the it's the worst of both worlds. Um, and stagflation is an, an economic contradiction and a very difficult thing to combat because you can, you can combat one, you, you you can combat rising prices, or you can combat uh, a contracting economy, but you can't do both at the same time. It's a two-front war. You can't fight both fronts at the same time. So that is a word being thrown out there is, does this trigger a stagflationary environment where, where the economy does begin to contract and inflation does keep rising? I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I think um, we just need to wait and see, really. Um, and and we, we, we should say part of the reason that the markets have been moving higher since the open is speculation um, coming from Goldman and other banks that all, everything going on uh, lowers the odds of a 50 basis point hike coming. So I, I'm I'm glad you you mentioned that. Let me bring up the the old, and then we'll bring Mike on in, in a second. Okay. Um, let me bring up the old CME FedWatch tool. I've been watching this like a hawk all morning, all day. And I. I mean, I'm not gonna. It's hard. It's so hard to speculate right now because there's so Can't much do it. going on. Can't there's do it. Just no, there's no way to know anything. Can't do it. But at the end of the day, our economy seemingly, and stock market aside, economically, there were a lot of indicators outside of inflation that show we were we're coming out of COVID well. Omicron clearing up things, um, but so I don't know. I'm not too worried about the stagflation threat now. Not to say that that's not a worry. My focus is on the top left corner of this table. This is what the Fed fund futures, which you can trade. We all can trade. If you have a, uh, if you have a futures account or you, your account is enabled to trade futures and you're on a broker that provides access to those securities, you can trade the Fed fund futures. Uh, those futures are pricing in an 86% chance of a quarter point rate hike in uh at the March meeting, which is a month, three weeks from now, um, this number was 99% yesterday. It was 82% three hours ago, um, and it is now 86%. So, market reacting in real time to what they think the Fed will do, or how the how the events of the last um, 12 hours uh, impact what the Fed will do. Let's bring on options, Mike. Here, I really want to like just talk about. I, I want to talk about what do you do now? What do you do? With your short-term stuff, with your medium-term stuff, with your long-term stuff, what do you do? Let's get Mike on the show right now and have him talk to us about this. Our new special intro. All right, let's give Mike the new special intro. All
Hey guys. Oh, Mike, how we doing? Good. Love the new intro. Thank you. It's quieter. We got some feedback. You can stay on in trader mode today. I don't get dressed up for you. Too busy. Trading. Yeah. Oh, somebody, someone in the chat. I forget who asked what color my shirt was. It's white because I want peace. I want waving the white flag. It's, not it's white. beige. It's beige. Whatever. Well, I got shit for wearing red yesterday, so <laughs> I figured I can't wear red again. Oh, I thought about wearing red again, but then I thought, nah, I don't want to get shit again. Anyway, Mike, um, what what do you do here with your short, medium, and long term stuff? Whatever way you want to approach that. Well, I mean, into into today, like this morning, you should have had almost nothing short on, unless you know you because it was too unclear. You could have been in some small shorts, but you should have only had one or two short-term positions on coming into today because the market was just too volatile and too unknown. You know, now we yeah. have the news. The unknown is now known, right? And the market doesn't like uncertainty. So now we know, and this is not going to go away overnight, right? This is going to, you know, first of all, um, I feel horrible for all the Ukrainians who are fighting for their lives and trying to stay alive and stay safe over there. And that's really, we're all going to be okay. This is really the bad thing that's going on there. Take that aside, this, as long as it stays confined over to the Ukraine, which I believe it will, I don't see NATO going in unless something really drastic happens, and I would hope not, that, you know, this is going to go on for a long period of time, and the market's going to start discounting this fairly quickly. You're going to get a lot more headlines. You're going to get a list of sanctions that are going to come out today from the U.S. and the U.K. and the EU and probably other countries like Japan and the and Asia are going to join in as well. And then this will start to fade into the background, as you were just talking about. It will go back to focusing on inflation and on the Fed coming up in March. For me, I think you start looking to start buying some stuff down here. Um, can I put up a chart? Of course. Yes, please. Let me put it up real quick. So this is the S&P 500. And that blue line, see, I, I always leave my old lines in. I just extended that blue line over. So we picked up an old resistance spot today at 410 this morning on the open. And, you know, what that's basically saying is we've had this big correction here. We're down. We got down as much as what? I think about 13 or 14, almost almost 15 percent. We just missed a 15 percent cor um, correction here in the markets. And we are in a correction in this market. But I think it's time where you can start looking and nibbling, because if you don't start nibbling and you wait, you're never going to catch the absolute bottom and just but you want long term stuff. So. When I say nibbling, I'd be taking stock or some leaps, some stuff out in time, or maybe call spreads to mitigate your risk here. I would not be going in on a lot of risk short term because there's still things that can go wrong, especially over the next couple of days. War is war, right? Yeah. So to answer your to your your for your point, I had a couple of short term swing longs that I I got out of like uh, an hour ago, and I, I want I, I basically I want. I want to buy nothing right now. I don't even care. I know that like everything is up in today and I know that commodities are in this huge uptrend, but I want to buy nothing because I don't know. And it's never as easy as it's like the market, like bottom did the market bottom today. It's never that easy. Right. We, we don't know, but I will tell you this. I was in favor of a bounce this morning. I told my members that I even said to some people on Twitter. And the reason was this, when you look at where we were this morning, pre-market, we were 20 plus handles off the eight day moving average. That's the gold line here that's coming down. That's at roughly 430. We're way out of the Bollinger Bands, which are blue. That typically favors some type of bounce. And even if you look back in January, the January lows, we were 35 handles off of. That's when we got that big bounce. It favored a bounce in the markets today. It favored some type of bounce. 
we really did not get a panic move in this. Now, overnight, we got a big gap down, right? But we were only down about 3% on the NASDAQ. We didn't get the panic move that other markets saw. And we still really haven't gotten that. This has been a lot of steady selling pressure. So is this over? It depends. You know, if the market more worried about what the Fed's going to do, I, I tend to think the Fed's going to try to raise 0.25% anyway. And I don't never thought they were going to raise 50 basis points. Um, you know, that's just Bullard. And Bullard has become a major hawk, and that's fine. But nobody else is really supporting that. And remember, he's just one voting member. Yeah. I mean, so, so are there specific names that you're looking at right now or like in oil or energy, you know, or, well, or is I, it just... I, I mean, honest answer is... The, the energy trade is over, right, in my opinion, at this point. You know, crude going to 100 today was a move we're looking for. It might go higher, but this is not where you want to start buying energy names. You know, Chevron, Best in Breed, look at their size of this candle on the way down today. When the market's coming back up, this is going down. So in my opinion, the energy trade's over. Um, gold trade, which I talked about, we I sent an alert out to people about my 2022 outlook uh, a couple weeks ago that you should be looking at gold. In my opinion, that trade is over for now as well. You had the big move. You had the big breakout. You don't want to be chasing these moves. To me, what we're looking at is maybe we start seeing some of these names that are good names but beaten up come back. So I will tell you I'm starting to shy away from Taiwan Semi, even though I really love this name. It was one of my outperform names this year, and it did. It hit its couple of its targets. Uh, it's gapping down. But my worry here is what's going to happen with Taiwan and China and you know, they overflew the Taiwan again this morning, you know, while everybody's looking at it. And to me, that's been my biggest concern this year. That was one of my biggest geopolitical concerns was China and Taiwan. I think at this point, I'd rather buy, I want some semi-exposure. AMD gets back above the 200-day here, which it's not at today. It's got a huge bounce today, by the way. It was one of the leaders early on, out of the gate. The volume came into it. It took off. It has to get back above that spot. But those are the type of names I think I would look at on this one. Micron through this whole stretch has held in very well. I don't think I'd be afraid to take a chance on Micron here again. Uh, I think it was JP Morgan out today was saying Dram prices support Micron for a move higher. That means the prices are still holding well. Supply is short. That's great for a name like Micron. Yeah, and I, I think that's a very good point with, with Taiwan Semi. I mean, I, I saw that too with, the, with China flying over. And it's like, if they were going to do something soon, I feel like they'd do it now. Well, all eyes are on Russia and Ukraine. So, um, yeah, you can see Taiwan trading down about 6.5% today. Yeah. I'm trying to see other names. I mean, there are some names that are running today that I don't really necessarily understand why. There are. Um, Wynn is another name I've liked for a while, or LVS. I want some exposure to the casinos. So Win gapping down, not getting the big bounce today, but I'll keep an eye on it because I, I really think they're starting to get back to normal, right? And for me, I believe this pandemic is starting to go into the rearview mirror that, you know, we have either enough vaccinated or natural immunity and it's getting less viral. It's not going to go away, but it's just not going to be the main headline anymore. That means lames like Wynn should start to, start to come back or LVS. So keeping an eye on these two casinos here for a bounce. Win I liked, I was in it earlier last year. Um, considering here again, uh, we're here, and I'm considering taking a small starter position in Boeing. To be honest with you, it's back down here into this 190 area. Again, I like this next year. It has to get above the 200 day. So if it bounces, I would be selling it at the 200 day or trimming on it here. You can see the green line. It's been resistance, right? For the last since back in September, every time we got into the 200 day, we failed. So it has to take that out. But Boeing's another name I would looking at. 
Have you seen the uh, prices for plane tickets recently? It's through the roof. It's like the hotels. It's 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 insane. insane. Yeah. Like a hotel that I used to stay at all the time would never charge these prices pre-pandemic. When they were I busy. will say I've I've flown a couple times in the past months, a uh, past a uh, couple months, and every single time I've been on an Airbus. It's like the first time I feel like you're, I'm I'm always usually on a Boeing. I I can't remember. I've flown on both. I haven't flown in over a year, so I'm not sure at this point. But I have oh to really? Word for it. The other thing is again, I think you got to stay with high quality names. I mean, you really have to stay with the higher quality names. A name like Apple, you know, today it finally finally capitulated today, right? It's been holding in better than the markets. Got almost to the 200-day, roaring back here. You know, this is a name that you know is not going anywhere. They're they're not going to disappear. They're not going to get. They're going to go away. I would stay away from the spec names. You know, we saw Roku, uh, DraftKings bouncing back. I mean, I would stay away from names like that. They're just too speculative in this environment, especially given the, what's going on with the Fed. If a company's losing money, that's probably not a company you want to be in right now, at least for the short term. Yeah, and I was surprised this morning when the market opened. Apple opened down like four and a half percent. Microsoft was only down about a percent. It seemed weird to see Apple down that much because I, my opinion with Apple now is it's it's becoming a safer stock that people want to go to in times of uncertainty. So I was, um, I, I I was looking at adding some shares of Apple this morning at like one fifty four or whatever it was at, and I didn't. And now I'm I'm kicking myself. It had a great bounce. It really did. I mean, but it's it's tough. You know, when the market's like this, it's tough to pull that trigger. Remember, you don't have to go full size. And I think that's the one mistake everybody makes, right? Oh, if I want to own 100 shares or 200 shares of Apple, I should buy it all now. Well, you know, you can buy some and buy more later, either higher or lower, right? You don't have to go all in now if you're not certain on what's going on. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And just to be clear, I mean, we are not – none of us here are geopolitical experts. We don't know anything about anything. Um, but clearly, clearly, the market was not expecting this to happen. If, they, if it was expecting Russia to invade Ukraine, it wouldn't have reacted so violently overnight. It wasn't that I bad, mean, though. See, this is this is where I disagree with you. I mean, we, were, I, we the, made it, it really, it really down five plus four, five, six percent. We only got down three percent of the queues and less than that on the Nasdaq and the spy, on the spy and the diamonds. Yeah, yes, a wave of buyers came in off the open, but you didn't know that was going to happen at eight a.m. And so the implication was, okay, we're down three, three, four percent, three percent now overnight. That can that can easily become five six percent. Now we're talking limit down all of a sudden. So you could have, but again, you know, we were so far from a limit down today. You know, everybody's yes, we, yeah. limit down now since since March twenty twenty, right? Because we had those limit downs with something we hadn't experienced in forever. And the truth is, we almost never get limit downs in the, on the indexes themselves. It almost never happens. You have to have COVID, yeah. COVID was the last time, right? COVID. Yeah, I, I, rare. I was looking at how the different. Um, international markets performed before we opened today you got smoked yeah but uh the the uk only finished down like three and a half percent so that's where i, I was kind of expecting around that I was, I was expecting it more in line with the uk's versus some of the ones that finished down more uh six seven eight percent i'm trying to find the exact numbers give me one second yeah i mean everyone's getting smoked out there the you europe know, and asia everybody um so everybody needs to realize that we're in a correction in the markets right 
the queues actually got into a bear market today with a 20% correction have clawed their way out of it. And how they close is now important, right? They don't want to close oh, yeah. under 326.96. That's the 20% correction mark on the queues. We're above it right now. By the way, filled its gap up, took it all back on that weakness. But we're in a long-term correction and everybody got used to these, you know, three, four, five-day sell-offs and then we come screaming back. And this is more typical of what we see in the market, right? This longer term correction it takes time it goes on for months before it comes out of it and you know people are, are that haven't been trading that long are freaking out they're, they're, they think oh my god the market's over we still haven't hit 20 percent on the on the spy we're still a long way from it it's down under 400. um you know maybe we do maybe we don't i'm, I'm not saying we don't that i don't think i think the future is unknown but every time they've had the chance to come in and to you know drive a dagger through this market and just kill everybody who's long it they don't. If you notice that every time we get to the point where we should be getting massive margin calls, we should be getting killed, get that big 7% down day or whatever, they buy it right back up. And, you know, even this last four days with the steady selling pressure, you notice how it was just the lack of buyers was just very methodical. There was no big downdrafts during all this. This is not I, a panic move. Yeah, I I still think if you're coming in and you're buying and you're buying the queues which are green which and you're buying things now I think you need to be prepared you need to have some stops because I it's not I, it's not over this isn't it's not this easy bottoms don't happen like this in one day so well, they don't I mean, I mean, not, I mean the chart I just not, showed you, the chart that I just showed you I, I, earlier I mean, showed that the past five times the bottom has happened the on time. the invasion. You know, so if you want I'm to not, play it safe, I'll make it easy for you. You want to play it safe, we could use a spot in the queues. What you would look for is a bounce up, a rollover, and then put in a higher low, right? So you get a little bit of a higher low in the market, so let it come back down. Something like over here that we had back in October, right? Here's your down pushed up, put a higher low, and we were off to the races. We've done this, did this over here, you know, multiple times we've done this on the indexes. So if you want to play it safe, you can wait for that. And, you know, it's it's okay to be in some pain, right? You're never going to find the absolute bottom. It's just a matter of finding the names you want and starting to take some chances on them, if you like it. Yeah, I, I guess that's the silver lining here for, in terms of the market, which is like, yeah, if you have things you want to buy, it's and like for the long term, not necessarily yeah. for the short term, but like for the long term, it's shopping season. I mean, there was so much pain out there. I just saw a tweet go by. Um, let me see if I can find it again. Twenty from uh, James Lapore. Twenty two hundred new fifty two week lows today. Twenty two hundred eighty six new fifty two week highs. Okay, there's twenty two hundred stocks making a new fifty two week low. It's pain, not just in the indexes, but we, we know this, right? It's not new. Um, so, yes, if you want to buy things for the long term, but, but have buy at quality, it. but don't buy, don't buy, you know, or, or, or a little bit of spec, but don't go. I think the problem is everybody's so used to these growth and spec names doing so good. And, you know, I'll just put, I'll just point at our good friend, Kathy, right? I know you guys are friends with her. She's been on and, you know, she's in all the wrong names for the last couple of years in this market. And, you know, she's getting a bounce today, but look at her all the way down to 5750. That's a multi-year low. I mean, it's, she's just getting crushed because she's in all these speculative growth names that are just getting killed. A lot of that bounce is from Tesla. I mean, Tesla had an amazing bounce today, right? So, you know, yeah, just, and I, I, I feel for anyone who 
you know, woke up this morning or went to the markets at 930 and bought puts thinking like, oh, we're going to crash further from here. And, and just, you know, it's been the opposite. And that's the one thing you have to discipline yourself not to chase. One of the things I said to my members this morning right away, I says, forget gold, forget crude. Do not chase them. Those trades are done. You know, don't be thinking puts here unless we bounce. I mean, it's, it, you got to discipline yourself to say, I'm not going to be coming in late and chasing these things. Today was definitely a day to look for long. And I traded the queues all day long, four or five times, made nice little money on it coming in and out of it. Yeah, and, and, I, I, and trade what you know and what you trust. And I think that's and it's most important. And I think that point about oil, I mean, it, it just brings it, it shows kind of from a beginner mindset. If you're just starting trading, you think, OK, this war's heating up. Oil is going to continue to get more expensive. You're going right. to go out and buy this on the day when it could really this could be the top of oil and everything. Everyone, everyone else is. Uh, you know, that's what the smart money's doing. So it, it, a lot of times it goes against uh, what your like initial react or what your initial um, thought would be to do. Again, uh, OPEC is supposedly going to have an emergency meeting. I've been hearing rumors of that where they may sanction Russia or they could be heroes. Right. They're still they're still cutting back on on their um, output. They could suddenly raise output, put a ton of oil back into the marketplace. Right. That would bring oil prices down quickly. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things that can happen here. And I think you just have to take it slow, a step at a time, day by day. If you like long-term names, this is a good place to start taking some nibbles. I wouldn't go full size. You want to have room to add if it goes lower. Short term, you have to watch the markets and just play the price action. I mean, I think, I think that's really all it comes down to is you have to just play the price action what's going on right now. We're very oversold here. We're still very oversold here. We're still very extended here, even after this huge bounce. So... You know, we could get a day or two bounce out of this, especially if the headlines are right. You have a lot of shorts in this market. You know, you know what this market loves to do to anybody who's short, right? I mean, it's it's max pain for everyone. Yeah. Because as today's exhibit A, it, right? It's pain for everyone. It's it's it, you know, it's it's been easy for the shorts if you've been able to withstand whipsaws like today, right? I mean. Yep. It's been relatively easy, frankly, but uh, you so gotta if you're as shark, long as, as as long as you've been able to to stomach rallies like we're having right now. Yep. And you know, honestly, seeing a ton of put action still coming in on the index heavily outweighs the call action here. But I, I think a lot of it's rolling too, right? If you've been hedging and, and then you have these big put action on it, and a lot of this is hedges. A lot of this, I think, they're just rolling it down. They're taking profits with some of the higher strikes and, and staying with it, and just taking stuff that's cheaper at this point. Because, you know, that's how funds work, right? They don't sit in things forever. They start rolling out of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, to your point, is this over? Nobody knows for sure. But you could have a bottom at that 410 area. That could very well be the bottom. It picked up on old support. We're extended Maybe. down. The news is now known. But got to go Maybe. with quality names. Maybe. I mean, I, I maintain that I, I want no new long positions right now and if you get i'll say i've said this every day for the last like several weeks if you're gonna buy something now buy knowing full well that you're probably gonna lose money in the short term and that if you're okay with that then cool and so i had a great conversation with a colleague yesterday he wanted to own he wanted to buy like an ev charging stock he wanted to, he wanted to like buy it for like years like for five or ten years and then and i was like go for it dude like <laughs> he wanted to buy charge point i was like go for it you know, by charge point, you, you, you know, not look at it in five years, do it. Yes, do it. Fine. Um, something else I want to add is that I know Joe Biden is scheduled to speak here 
in a few minutes. So uh, we will be streaming that uh, here on a, our YouTube channel. And I know I know we're going to pipe this the feed of this show onto that stream until he starts talking. So we are waiting. Joe Biden, uh, I, th- I want to say at 12.30 p.m. Yeah, and it's roughly 12.30. Pro- probably be later than that, I'll be honest with you. But uh, that's usually how yeah. these things go. But and um, in my opinion, something really important is there needs to be some real teeth and some sanctions, right? What we announced so far was nothing. Uh, you need something here that's going to deter it's going to deter China from wanting to do anything, right? You got to say that the world's not going to stand for this, you know, in a way that doesn't hurt everybody, but makes Russia in a lot of pain and makes it very hard. Like UK just announced just now asset freeze. All major Russian banks, uh, their assets are frozen. Any Russian oligarchies, their assets yeah. are frozen. So that starts it, right? You just take their assets, you freeze it for now, and you move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So something else I want I wanted to add here, and uh, we can probably do this while, while Mike is on with us. Is I wanted to bring up my crypto heat map, and this is a very interesting test uh, because since the crypto mainstreamization in 2017, this is probably the biggest geopolitical thing to happen um, in the last five years since crypto became mainstream. Um, and one of the things that they always say is that crypto is a hedge against things like <laughs> we this. talked about this morning in my room. Go ahead. I know. So, exactly so, 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 so that being said, let's do a quick, uh, crypto update here. Let's pull up the heat. I mean, I've been in the camp that over the long term, who the heck knows? Bitcoin may may very well end up being a hedge, but it is getting harder and harder to hold that opinion because every time something happens that makes the uh, you know the market go down, stocks and growth stocks go down, Bitcoin goes down with it. Frankly, this is the heat map today. Everything is red. Ever since they created the BITO. Right, the futures, the futures um, ETF for Bitcoin, yeah. it yeah. is moving with the markets now. It no longer moves on its own, except on the weekends and overnight sometime. But it basically moves on with the markets. And I said this morning, gold was at highs and Bitcoin was getting killed. This is showing it's not the hedge. It's not the safe place to run to. Right, you, you it, want to be gold if that's what you're looking for. It, it it clearly is not. It clearly is not. Well, this morning on this show, we pulled up a chart of the queues against Bitcoin, and Bitcoin's got the much higher beta, so it's a little bit hard to see. But you can you can see clearly the correlation is there. It trades with the queues, right? Queues go up, Bitcoin goes up. Queues go down, Bitcoin goes down. That's the that's the way it is. So it, uh, there it is no such hedge, and it's not just Bitcoin. I'm not picking on Bitcoin. I've got I own Bitcoin. I own Ethereum. I own Cardano. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Solana. I, I I don't I own Solana, not Cardano. Uh, all down. And and that's and that's the way it is. Um, but that's what makes it, coins so interesting. Reporting tonight into this. Oh, coins oh, reporting gosh. tonight. I yeah. would I would not want to be real quick uh, before we move on to Coinbase. I I want to plug the fact that um, if you want some free Bitcoin, check out Voyager. Download their app. Enter the code Zing Z I N G. Fund your account with hundred bucks. Make a trade. Voyager will send you free Bitcoin for opening an account with that code. Now that being said. I would not want to be Coinbase tonight. It's not just Coinbase. I would, would not want to be short Coinbase. Tonight? I wouldn't want to be any company reporting earnings well, you right Square, now. Square, you got Coinbase, you got Etsy tonight, you have Oxy, which after this run, what, what are they going to do? Who else? You got some big names out there. Rocket there. reports tonight. Yeah, um, I mean, Zscaler yeah. after that huge run today. <laughs> You've already run, run it. But I coin, mean, look at Coin this morning. You have a new all time low. 
in the 155 area going into this. Yeah, it's bounced all the way up to about 170 now. But I mean, I I can't imagine so because this is for not what what this is for from last September to to December. Yes. I don't I don't think crypto was doing that. That's like when there was no volume on Bitcoin. It doesn't matter what they say. It really doesn't. And you can look at the overnight reports from last night as evidence. Well, I mean, right. that was it. I mean, it, it, you're reporting into this mess. Like I was watching Baba this morning on the when they reported. I'm like, and they, I'm like, you know, is anything going to hold up in this mess? Is anything going to hold up? I mean, who's going to want to be long anything pre-market yeah. into this mess? You know, it's it's tough. The earnings really matter here. To a certain extent, they do. You want to focus on the names that are <laughs> strong, but. Yeah, it's really difficult to hear Mike right now because we are hearing ourselves piped in. There we go. Thank you, Rohan. Uh, no, it wasn't you, Mike, but we we, we were hearing we were ourselves like piped into our own our own ears. That's always fun. Yeah, it's difficult to hear what you were. Saying. I have no idea what you just said, by the way. Uh, you know, who <laughs> wants to be long? Who wants to be even? Who wanted to be in long in this market this morning on anything like Baba? Who would want to be involved in that this morning? Even though the report I, looked. I, oh wait, I I I have an answer to that question. Who wanted to be long Baba this morning? <laughs> that guy well like i said i would buy some yeah. shares like for the long term if it, you know it gets down to a hundred bucks like, I, 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 I would not touch chinese companies here other than a day trade right. I, I know i've been saying that for a while and i will continue to pound the table on that and um, you're right although you i know. do i have to make a quick correction uh bitcoin hit an all-time high that quarter so maybe there is a lot of volume. i mean it, it, it came quickly down but on november 8th 2021 uh, is when Bitcoin got up to sixty-seven thousand. So maybe it's a good. Maybe Coinbase is going to report a good quarter. Maybe. And I, I disagree I, with you, Spencer. I think it does matter what they say. I, I just want to acknowledge real fast that uh, we UBS are live. triggers margin calls as it cuts Russians bonds. There you go. This could get some problems today. I saw a ch- I saw a chart of the, of, of uh, Ukrainian uh, sovereign uh, bonds and it's a fifty percent uh, crash today. Wait, uh, UBS is, is uh, triggering margin again? calls. Yep. Yeah, there's yeah. probably going to be more than a few of those. Oh, I um, hope Robinhood doesn't start doing that. <laughs> real real fast. I, I, wait, I, I, I just want, want to acknowledge. I, I, I want to acknowledge that we are live on our uh, on our stream of the Joe Biden press conference. Obviously, he's not speaking right now. When he does speak, we will transition over to that, uh, so you won't have to listen to us anymore. But we are here on Benzing Alive, just kind of talking through the markets with the options, Mike and and trying to make sense of all this uh it's been a, a tale of two markets today uh the pre-market was one thing and everything since the open is is entirely different and now's so. the time to watch the rest of this afternoon because margin calls will start going off between now yeah. and you know just before three i think the most important thing today is how we close you know does the market close strong at the highs or do we come way off the highs and come way back down again right i agree and, with you and we're going to get some margin calls today you can already see the market reacting to that UBS news here and just pulling back on it. So expect to see some of that. I agree with you. The close is, is critical. Yeah, it's critical. The, the the open is one thing. The intraday is one thing. The close is completely different. So Correct. it's a d- different beast. Um, so uh, options, Mike, uh, thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Um, we appreciate your, your your point of view, even if it's a little bit different than actually, especially because it's a little bit different than ours. Uh, so. I would all be wrong. Different than yours. Uh, well, no, no, I'm I'm still on. If I'm not mistaken, Mike, you are looking to take some longs. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm looking here. Maybe not today. Maybe wait tomorrow to see how the market reacts overnight. See what kind of yeah. comes in. 
but I'm looking to start, but I'm not taking options long-term here. I'm taking small pieces okay. of stock at this point because options are too, too you know, they get hurt. You're not going to get them back. Stock, I can sit in. These are long-term investments, by the way. I'm not talking I, about I, taking. I'm more on Mike's side where I'm more bullish right now, looking at past data where um, these bottoms have often come in. Like like Mike said, the, the market does not like uncertainty. Now we're certain. We're certain Russia's invading Ukraine. What we're not certain about is uh, what that entails for other countries, you know, is NATO going to get involved? Is China going to invade Taiwan? And we can speculate on that all we want, but we don't know. But history will show us. Um, well, we yeah. better hope that NATO doesn't get involved. Exactly. That that's, that's, the mar- that's, then we're all in a lot of trouble. Exactly. And that's my point, too. Like, I'd rather be long knowing that if I'm wrong, I'm wrong because we're going into a world war and we're going to shit anyway. It's not going to matter if I'm holding stocks or cash. But I'm in a little bit of a different risk position than well, a lot of people. I n- no, I don't think you are actually. I think you and I, and even maybe even Mike, we're, I mean, we're all relatively close to the same age, and I think we're always similar time horizons here, right? And and that gets at the question I wanted to get up earlier, which was like, what do you do? Well, we have we we disagree on on what to do in the short term, but in the long term, I think we're all on the same page here, right? I'm not going to cash right now. I'm not selling all my cash. Stocks. I'm looking to start. I'm looking to start putting more money to work into this. All right. See, again, quality companies, and it, it, that's the one thing. Everybody's like, "Oh, I want to buy a firm because it's cheap." You know, a firm may be one of those companies that doesn't survive this mess. They're they're hemorrhaging money so fast, right? Okay, that that's a good point. There there's a lot, and, and let's just define the term quality for a second. Okay, there's a few different ways to go about it. Typically, when you hear the word quality, usually that refers to the quality factor. There is a um, an entire school of investing, or, or called factor investing, where you you invest in companies or in, in stocks that that display a specific factor, whether it's growth or value, or it's va- factor equals variable. That's all that means, variable. So. Uh, Quality is a factor, and there are ways to define quality. The easiest way to find quality stocks, in my opinion, is to search for "quote unquote" quality ETFs, ETFs that that hold quality stocks, and go look at what they hold. Go look at the holdings. Typically, they're 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 very profitable. They have a they have a dividend. A lot of them, right? They they may be doing buybacks. I'm not just saying you want to focus there, but you're looking for names that are profitable in this market and that are yes. improving profitability in this market. A name Na- like names, yeah, a names firm that don't that's losing more and more money every quarter. <laughs> it's, it's just not Na- so Na- names that have positive EBITDA, names that profitability, like you said, names that uh, their 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 top line revenue is growing, even if they don't have bottom line earnings. Are they tra- is it trending in the right direction? Yeah. Right. Um, Palantir, it, uh, for all- example, that report while well, they got killed on it. They're going yeah. in the right direction. They're they're turning up. They're starting to turn a profit. They're growing. They're still growing up. That's not a horrific name to look at. I'm so I wouldn't suggest it here, but it's not a horrific name to go looking at. Yes. You Do know, they like, have a price to earnings ratio? Is it a hundred or is it twelve? Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a big difference there. Um, what what other things do you, do you want to look at? You want to look at? Um, I like I like price to sales. Price to sales. Is it three or is it thirty? Thirty. Right. Yeah. Something else. Look at how much cash they have on hand versus how much debt they have. Because a company that has massive debt with little amounts of cash on hand, they have problems. You know, Boeing, for example, is running out of cash. They're going to have to do something to raise more money because you know they're still not, losing money. You know who's not running out of cash? Berkshire Apple. Hathaway? Apple. Oh, Apple. Uh, damn, I, knew, I should have known you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Apple, Apple has more cash. I think Warren Buffett said Apple Google. has more cash than God on his back. All right. Well, here, let's check right now. We can check in Benzinga Pro. Uh, oh, can you, can Apple. You up, can you pull up the screen? Yeah. Apple see. has. Yeah. Let me pull up my Pro right now. Two hundred uh, billion. They always get criticized. Apple gets gets so much heat for um, I, for, for stockpiling. Options, cash. Mike. Have you checked out the uh, Carl Icon? Thirty-seven billion dollars in cash. Carl Icon documentary on HBO. No, I have not seen that yet. I think one of the things they talked about was. Carl Icahn invested in Apple and forced the board to do a, a share buyback program. Well, he did. That was I, a while I, ago. I, yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't seen it. Oh, you have? Oh, that's right. No, I, no, no. It's on my. I, I dreamt about it, but I haven't seen it yet. So I watched. I watched it last night, but I'll admit I was like on Twitter following the war news more. Biden's I was trying to like distract myself. Wait. I, I know. I, did, I couldn't sleep at all <sighs> last night. I couldn't get off. I, it was so bad because I knew I was like, this is doing nothing. It's not productive. It's not whatever. But I, I couldn't. I couldn't put my phone down. Get off Twitter. All right, so apparently the Biden speech was just delayed by an hour until oh, okay. un, until one thirty. So those of you watching us on that stream, you, you're going to be stuck watching us for another hour or come back. Hey, you can come into our stream. The chat's more fun because we can interact with uh, the yeah. chat. Maybe can we drop the link uh, to, to the stream? I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the link to everyone in. Uh, I don't know in, how many people are there? I'm, I'm going to drop the link to the Joe Biden uh, to our show into the Joe Biden show. This is so uh, confusing. Chat. I'm sorry, it's Mike. very confusing. We have two shows happening uh, at the same David, time. David said, did you answer me? David, what was your question? I don't know. I might have, I might have missed it. I'll look back for it for a sec. All right. Also, shout out Ashton in the chat. Thank you for the follow on Twitter. <laughs> Anyone else follows Dude, me on Twitter? Come on, man. What? I don't know. I'll follow, I'll follow back. All right. Uh, I'm putting the link in the chat right now uh, for, for our current show. Options, Mike. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this uh momentous day and um oh okay here's I david's question stay green out if there. i bought five thousand dollars in apple and let it sit for two years at a quarterly dividend yield would i make money when i withdraw the money in two years it depends on what apple's stock does wait what was the question sorry Re read again if I, I oh it's on the screen yeah i'm doing like 10 things at once right now so and also i mean apple does have a dividend but it's not really a dividend stock like the dividend's not as not huge. large yeah if, if you but but with that said i mean Here's the thing with dividend investing. If you're always looking for companies that are giving dividends, a lot of times you'll miss out on companies like Apple and Microsoft that when they're in their growth stage, don't do dividends. So uh, I like to have a mix. I have a few stocks that have dividends that I like. Um, Chevron has a really good one, and I was in that for the oil trade. But like Mike said, I've kind of I've kind of scaled my position on that. Um, let me see some other. Wait, I, I'm still trying the only to pull way it up because oil I'm... trade works is if you see like a major disruption where the you know, something gets blown up and that, you know, that just they can't get oil out or something along those lines. There's a lot of uh, big finan financial, you know, like J.P. Morgan, uh, Bank of America, they'll offer dividends. I also, I like Blackstone. Okay, so wait, just to answer David's question. Um, so, David, there's two things you want to pay attention to here. There's the return on the stock and there is a total return, which is the stock's performance plus whatever dividends you get, right? Uh your your performance will mostly depend on what Apple stock does, um, but whatever Apple stock does, you you'll get a boost by receiving the dividend. It does the, not doesn't the mean dividend on Apple is what um, twenty two cents, twenty two yeah. cents last quarter. I mean that's just not enough. I mean that's not enough reason for me to get involved in Apple as a stock a twelve point two two a twenty two cent dividend on a hundred and fifty dollars stock. If you're buying Apple purely because of the dividend, yeah. Um, 
think again. There are other reasons to buy Apple. The dividend if is not one If you were buying Chevron for the dividend, I would understand that. They have a $1.42 yeah. dividend on a $130 stock, right? Right. And That's Christian more born, along you know. the lines what you're looking for. Yeah, right? I, I will say, uh, <laughs> and this is not investment advice, but if you put $5,000 into Apple, the odds that it's higher two years later, historically, uh, have been pretty good. You know, save 2000 crash and 2008 crash, but... Uh, yeah. You know, I was just looking at Walmart chart because they always raise their dividend. I mean, that great report has been sold off and then some. I mean, that's just the thing, right? Walmart comes out with a good report a couple of days ago. Oh, you know what's no company I like? I forgot to bring up Macy's. I'm very interested Ooh. in Macy's here. Hold that. Let me pull up that chart right now. Don't they? Didn't they just report? They just reported. Fabulous yeah. quarter. Fabulous quarter. They're even doing a big buyback. They've turned it around. The market's throwing a hissy fit because they're refusing to spin off their their e-commerce. Well, they know their business better than anybody else. Why, you know, the market wants them to spin off the good stuff and then let all the good, bad stuff go die under M, right? So you have a separate company. But Macy's is like, no, it's an integral part of our business. They're smart. They have a lot of real estate uh, that they own. Macy's is a nice turnaround story. I think it's actually pretty good here. Uh, the last two quarters have been great in it. Um, I, I can't own Macy's only because I worked at a Macy's and it was a <laughs> shit, shit show of a shit show of a, of a job and a shit show of a store. So I, for that reason and that reason alone, I'm out um, of Macy's. Oh, we, we have some questions in the chat um, that about specific stocks, I guess. Someone asked about Palantir. I did. I, I was long Palantir for a swing. I'm out now. I bought it yesterday on this show. I sold it two hours ago. Um but I I don't know frankly uh, I haven't looked I've I don't know what the financials are on Palantir I haven't looked at the numbers, um, I, I will say it is a growth play and growth plays are super out of favor. I don't know what this company does frankly and, and that in and of itself is a red flag if you're looking at the stock from a long term. If you know what they do, then great. I don't understand. I know they do like big data analysis for the CIA, but that is not descriptive enough for me to get right. to understand it. So I don't I don't know. Um I don't know if Mike, I don't know if you have an opinion on that. I own Palantir. I'm very underwater on it, full disclosure. Um, and I'm still holding it because I actually really like the company. They're a software company, right? And you, if you always go and just look at their description, right? They develop platforms for intelligence community in the United States. They're now doing this with uh, consumers. And that's why I like them because their consumer business is growing about 140% quarter over quarter right now. I think it was 140 year over year, uh, year over year there, which is great because that's going to drive the profits in the company. And the bigger they get, the more they're going to get involved. And by the way, where everybody else was buying Bitcoin as a hedge, remember Tesla and everybody? Guess what they bought? Uh, uh, what? Gold. Ethereum? Oh, I remember that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck gold. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But to me, that that was like a red flag to me because if you have a lot of money on – if you have $50 million, which is how much uh, gold they bought, I would want, rather see the company do – Something that's gonna, you know, help propel their company instead of just buying gold. I mean, it, it, I guess if you have a, a huge corporate treasury, um, but to me, I'd rather they're, see they're sitting companies. on two point five billion in cash. Okay, so yeah, fifty million is nothing for them, right? With two hundred sixty million in debt, they are in fabulous shape when it comes along that line. They they did their direct offering. Remember, they weren't they weren't an IPO; they were direct offering, so they have no support from uh, the investment banks. 
and they haven't done a, a they have never done like all the other companies did additional offerings right to raise capital they haven't had to raise capital since then so you know they're they're a good why, company. they're you know they're they're a good company they just need time a lot of time why do certain why do companies choose to carry a certain amount of debt even if they have more cash on the balance sheet and they could um interest rates off? are so cheap it costs them nothing right now and that's why they've been doing it did did your dad always tell you never buy when you uh, uh, need to buy when you are not borrow never borrow when you need to borrow when you can? My dad always said never borrow when you need to borrow when you can. Interest rates are to Mike's point. You you, you borrow money because you can because interest rates are so freaking low. Oh, they're right. They're they're incre They're going to increase here. Um, no, but, mine just told me it's not cheating unless you're married. There we go. I'm just All, right. <laughs> All right. Options, Mike. Options, Mike. A pleasure as always, Thanks, man. Ha have a good one. You guys too. Take All care. Right. Everybody be careful out there, huh? All right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Be careful. Markets or otherwise. Screw the markets. Be careful if you're somewhere that is not safe. And gosh, I, I mean, we have people that watch our show. Wait, why are we on the TV? <laughs> our technical issues today have been. Dude, our producers left us. They went to get lunch. Yeah, but it's good job, so it's freaky fast. So they should be back any second. Um, like, like, this we, this we, is not brought to you by Jimmy John's, by the way. We have two producers, and they, they, they've walked away. How about this for some positivity? Uh, yeah. There's the, the Mr. Rogers quote, where he says, in, in tough times, there are always people helping. Look for the helpers. I don't know who that is right now, some humanitarian. What, what, what about the famous quote that was like, there are, we, there are years when nothing happens, and there are weeks when years happen? Okay. Right. What about uh, Warren Buffett? I think he said the markets will recover. People will never come back to life. Just something to keep in mind today. I never heard that before. I, uh, I, I, Did you mean to make that up? <laughs> I, I saw it on All Twitter right. attributed to Warren Buffett. If he said it or not, I'm unclear. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, let, me, let me try to fact check I think, that. I think Mark Twain said that. Um, anyway, that was a joke. Um yeah, it's 12.30 now, so Joe Biden's going to speak, uh, supposed to speak at around 1.30 Eastern time. Uh, we will be streaming that. If you're watching the Joe Biden stream, you'll you'll get that feed. If you're if you're not, then uh, then you won't get it on, on this stream here. Um, we have a few guests lined up here. We're going to be bringing on uh, Dan Pipitone and Stephen Johnson from Trade Zero on in a half hour. We're going to do a trivia segment all about short selling. It'll be at 1 o'clock Eastern. And then at 1 and 30, we'll be joined by Robert Machinius, the CEO of Troika Media Group. Um, so, Shelly, how many quotes do we know? We know a lot. I, okay, so here, let me share my screen real quick. Winners get the trees, losers get the bushes. That's a new one, but I like it. Thanks, Proton. It's funny. Uh, this is just on, oh. Wait, what that? What screen are we sharing right now? What is this? This is... Reddit. It says markets will recover. People will stay dead forever. Warren Buffett. So I don't know if it's true or not. It was just on Reddit. I, I think he also said, <laughs> I think this is true, actually. I think that's true. It's on the screen there. I think he actually did say that. But um, from what I did watch from the Carl Icahn documentary, you got to watch it. I, I will I watch it. I will watch it. I, will I watch didn't it. even realize, I guess, the whole idea of being like, because he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily like hostile share takeover. He was just getting enough shares to get a seat at the board and then making whatever happened. <laughs> Happen. Did did he talk about the time where he like fired an entire building worth of employees? Uh, at an airline, he laid or there were. The guy's a savage. He was like striking with the, the whole of all the flight attendants of the airline, but he didn't fire them. They I, were just striking. I, I, I think it was a different company. He yeah. like he 
he like whatever I don't know what the company was. He's told he's talked about it before how he um had what some board seats in this company and was like what are, what does everyone in this building do and no one could tell him so he he like fired everyone. Um, I'll I'll, I'll check it out this uh, this today tomorrow or this weekend. Uh, I promise. Although, oh look, our producers are back. Welcome back, producers. Thanks for leaving us. Spencer's being very passive aggressive today. I mean, I think it's the war bringing it out. No, I mean we're we're running two streams right now, and they all decide to leave. I don't know what. I, I haven't know. finished. I honestly, I'm probably gonna rewatch the whole Icon documentary tonight because I was, like I said, more distracted by everything going I, on. I, that's what I was trying to say before our producers and it rudely interrupted me. But I, I, yes, I'm distracted by the world events and and I and I, I will say this: I have a love hate relationship with social media. This days like today, yesterday, last night are moments where you you live. You're like, thank the Lord for social media, right? Because. If not for Twitter and Reddit, which are my platforms of choice, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't see. There's so much more going on than any one news platform can possibly deliver to you. So much more videos, firsthand accounts, pictures. I live for that stuff. So thank God for social media today because um, it's doing its job right now. I think it, I... Some days I really, really hate social media and, and the, the harm it's caused, but that day is not today. You agree? I agree to an extent. I mean, if we do get like full fledged war, I doubt the, uh, I doubt being able to watch everything on Twitter and TikTok will be great for young people throughout the world. The effects of that, like this will, like it would, I don't know. It, the, like Vietnam was the first time. There was a big war where we had TV on, on TV yeah. and it was like a big deal of how it shaped the perception of the war and, yeah. and everything. And social media is like that times 10. Um, yep. It's true. And so, but, I, but I'd rather have it than not have it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. For the citizen journalism aspect of it, like people being able to report in real time, what they're seeing, what they've seen. Yeah, that aspect of it is, I mean, is truly. The, the the visuals are unbelievable. Did you see the even on CNN this morning they were doing a live shot. It was like this happened like six seven a.m. our time doing a live shot, and the tanks just started rolling by on the street during the live shot, and that's that was on TV. But that 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 is a fraction of of what is going on out there. There's so much more. I was you know just looking at Twitter and Reddit last night, just blown away by. By the first-hand accounts, and that's the kind of stuff that makes me not want to care and give a crap about the market, because the you know the people and and what's going on there is is to me way more important. So, um, I I don't know. I mean, I'm again, I'm trying to walk a line between being very concerned and also like in terms of my you know investing, like staying in the course. I I, I remain steadfast in my belief. That investing is the the best way for the average person to get rich over the long term, um, and yet not all stocks come back. There are a lot of stocks that are not going to come back from this. We were talking about skills this morning, Aaron. You and I, maybe it was yesterday. I don't remember. SKLZ, how is skills doing this morning? Let's bring up the chart. Oh, also yesterday. Let's bring up Benzinga Pro. Um, it was two dollars this morning. What is it now? SKLZ. It was. It was what forty five a year ago, and it was two dollars this morning. 
and now it's uh so it's still two dollars. I mean, a, a stock like that, whoops, stock like that. I mean, it's it's an uphill battle to get back to where where you were, and there was a lot of stocks that looked like this, a lot of charts that looked just horrible. Like Fubo had earnings overnight. I don't, I don't even know what the earnings were. I don't think it matters what the earnings were. Look at this Fubo chart from 60 to 7 in 13 months. And it was also down 18% pre-market and came back. There we go. I mean, all the all the charts look like this. All the growth heat charts look the same. So, yeah, you're, you're going to have to take a moment. If you want to come in buying... Like, like at a certain point, and this is the conversation we had about Robinhood when they had their when they uh, reported earnings a month ago, right? And it was really, really bad, and they had that huge gap down. And you're like, well, at a certain point, does it become attractive? Does it become a takeover target at seven? Sure, maybe. But buying something off the hope that it gets bought is not a great investing strategy. Well, don't tell that to Carl Icahn. You and I are not. Don't have the capital to Carl Icahn does. I know. I'm just saying that was fresh in my mind. The whole part of his whole strategy was finding companies that would become takeover targets and then force them to to sell the deal after he he got in and made a lot of money. All right, Matt Matt P in the Joe Biden in uh, stream is asking, would you buy Tesla at these prices? I have been wrong every which way on Tesla. When it when it goes down, or when I think it's going up, it goes down. When I think it's going down, it goes up. I am very hesitant to give my opinion on this company and the stock. I do own the stock via a couple of funds. I, I, I own the S&P 500, so I own Tesla there. And I also own uh, some ARKW, which is one of Kathy Wood's funds. I got a small piece of that and, and getting smaller. Um, so I, I own Tesla twice. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, this stock is so disconnected from reality maybe mike's point is valid that it that it, it is it is more connected um or wasn't wasn't mike or someone else that said it ever since it joined the s p it it um it, it's it moves more logically maybe that's true yeah but my point was that it, it still is more volatile than i mean we saw that yesterday it was down like seven percent yesterday the overall market wasn't down seven percent yesterday yeah um but i hear you spencer about you know the Trying to stay uh, in the middle here of, of being worried, rightfully so, but understanding. I, I just, again, I think it's important to remember both in terms of market and just overall human history. I mean, there's there are always invasions, conflicts going on. I will be really, really worried if, if. you know, it looks like to the point where other world powers, including the U.S., are, are getting involved and it, and it looks like it has... And China's doing something with Taiwan. I mean, that's right now. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. If it stays, if, if everything stays put right now, like like we were saying with Mike, the the market likes knowing things. Now we know that that Russia's invading Ukraine. It was unknown for a while. Um, so we're just got to wait and see what happens with this. I don't know what's going to happen. That's when I'm going to be really really worried. But um, it's nothing new. This is nothing new invasions um yeah yeah there's always going to be a reason to be fearful whether it's um a geopolitical event whether it's uh someone saying there's a bubble on a specific asset i think if you can um if you can move past it if you can look past it 
you should look past it for the long-term stuff. Um, but again, it's, it's not always that easy. So, uh, it's, it's 1240 right now. Uh, we are going to be doing, uh, again, short selling, uh, trivia with trade zero at one o'clock. And, um, I do see our, uh, our one thirty guest is going to be Robert machinist from, uh, Twitter media. Someone keeps asking about Airbnb. I, I own this stock. Okay. Oh, I haven't looked at this one. In a while. I own Airbnb for the, for the long term. So it's, it's difficult for me to say what you should do. Cause I, I'm in this from, where am I in Airbnb? I think I'm in it from like one, like the one, the one is it the one forties? I think I'm in it from the one forties or maybe the one six. I'll be honest with you guys. I, I really, I have, I have multiple accounts and I really try hard not to pay attention, not to micromanage those accounts and, and over trade them. So I tend to, once I buy something, I, I, I kind of put it out of sight, out of mind, and I'm not super active in my Fidelity accounts all the time. I think I'm in Airbnb from the 140s. Um, so it's difficult for me to, to, to give an unbiased opinion here because obviously I, I'm along the stock and I want it to go higher. Um, but I, I, am, I am in this thing for more than a trade. This is like a longer-term swing. I, I, I've had this. I've only had Airbnb for, uh, only had it for, for a couple of what months. What about this one you brought up yesterday? Yeah. DraftKings. Again, I don't hear me, out, hear me out on this catalyst. I, I, okay, go, go. If uh, things escalate and we get to uh, a status or we get to a point where we do need to have another drafting in the United States, would they use DraftKings? Dude, how, how high are you right now? <laughs> I'm joking, but what, what, what are you talking about? It'd be a perfect DraftKings could step in and say, "Hey, we we got technology." What are you technology. talking about? What are you talking about? I I don't know how you buy any stock in with this much unknown. Any stock for the short term, for uh for for the short term. Long term is a different story. I, again, I kind of disagree. I'm more on options, Mike's side. We, we we there are. I mean, and, and part of that is me saying the downside here is shit really hitting the fan. And then it's not going to matter to me what stocks I hold or what cash I have. We'll, we'll all yeah, be. and and I've been trying to think. See, uh, thank you, Dan. Okay. Um, but, but, but back to the Airbnb for a second. So, again, I own this thing, and the idea by my um, position here is I'm going to hold this thing for more than a year, and I've only had it for a few months. So I'm going to keep holding Airbnb f- through this. Um I don't own that. I only own like a, like a half dozen stocks, right? And and this is one of them. Um, but it's a longer term swing position, and I'm not selling it. Would I have to reassess if we got down below, like the 130s? Maybe I'd reassess then. Maybe honest to God, I don't have any stop losses here. It's not a trade on micromanaging. Um, but I mean, I, I like the company from a, just from a, a story point of view. It is simultaneously a reopening and a stay-at-home play. Not that stay-at-home plays are relevant anymore. That, that, that trade is, has moved on as we've sort of, as new, new, new COVID cases have come back down to earth and we've all kind of moved, moved off, of, um, off of that narrative a little bit. Um, but the reopening trade has been a, been a hot trade. Not this week, but 
in the last couple of weeks. And this is a reopening trade. You can see that chart right there. Um, as far as the financials are concerned, here, let's just go to the financials tab uh, real fast on Airbnb. Actually, no, let's do this. Let's go look at the, uh, the earnings because I, I, I want to see, again, we talked about are your earnings going in the right direction. It's difficult here because they've only been public for about a year, a year plus, and it's been since the pandemic. So there's some weird adjustments there. But, but look at the revenue. Look at the Airbnb revenue here going back since from their first earnings report to now. Right, there's some seasonality at play. Again, it's kind of hard to compare, but I I'm comparing uh, Q4 to Q4, going in the right direction. Right, 859 million in Q4 of uh, 2020 to 1.5 billion Q4 last year. You like that? Let's let's go to the overview tab. It, it is expensive. Let's not kid ourselves. This is an expensive stock. If I hadn't bought this four or five months ago, I don't know if I'd want to buy it now because the environment's changed. It's not cheap, though. Look at the price to earnings, 121. Look at the price to sales, 15. I can't sit here and tell you that this is a good buy right now. And I'm talking against my book a little bit. But um, look, they're They're profitable. Um, what what else jumps out to me here? They've got plenty of cash. They raised a bunch of cash during the pandemic. They got plenty of cash. So, I guess it's mixed. Is is, is what I'm saying? Is because I own the stock, but it's still expensive. Could it go down to 100? Sure. Would I have to reassess at 130? Definitely. Do I like asking rhetorical questions? Yes. <laughs> Uh, Jay Rice asking what the what the PE is on Airbnb. It's like oh, it's over 100. I just pulled it up. It ain't cheap. Sorry. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, T Hoffy Hoff, uh, 1:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Joe Biden scheduled to speak. So, um. Matt P. Okay. Matt P is asking what about Bitcoin here? So we've talked about Bitcoin earlier on the show. Yeah. Just to recap that, that conversation, Bitcoin does not trade like a hedge. If you're thinking Bitcoin is a hedge to geopolitical events, you are thinking wrong. And here's what I want to show. I, I want to show you something. Let's look at the QQQ. We did this this morning on pre-market prep, but we'll do it again now. Let's look at the QQQ and let's compare it. This is on Benzinga Pro compared to Bitcoin. And Bitcoin's got a much greater beta, more volatile, so it's a little bit hard to see. But we're going to have to zoom in a little bit to kind of get a sense for the correlation. Oh, gosh, come on. There we go. Let's just zoom in. Okay. Again, it's hard. It's a little bit hard to see because of the, the volatility on Bitcoin. But you you do see, if you look closely at the candles, you can see a correlation, right? When the Qs go up, Bitcoin goes up and vice versa is also true. When the Qs go down, Bitcoin goes down. They move in the same direction. This moves with the rest, the rest of risk on assets like tech. That's a reality, okay? Bitcoin is, does not appear to be a hedge right now against for anything, frankly. 
Um, people who say Bitcoin is a hedge are either um, waiting for the long-term trend to prove that out or they're just wrong. I've been in the camp too. I've been saying, hey, long-term, maybe Bitcoin is a hedge, but it's getting harder and harder to say that. It just is. Yeah, and I think you can't was, ignore this correlation. I've tried to ignore it. I can't. I think that was very clear at the onset of COVID, right? We were, if when it was clear, we were oh, heading yeah. into a, great point. A, we were heading into a global pandemic. I mean, that is Here, prime let's, for let's pull for, let's pull that up. I want that's a great point. I want to show you that chart. That is prime for the use case of oh, a decentralized dollar. Governments around the world are going to be struggling. Inflation's going to go through the roof. And what did Bitcoin do? It just absolutely crashed. Granite. A year later, it was at all-time high, you know, 18 so months was, later, so, but so was so the market. Market. So were the markets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I think just like, uh, Computers you know, speculative enough. growth tech stocks, Bitcoin's a measure of, of risk. How much risk are, are people willing to take on right now? Um, Sorry, guys. My computer is lagging ooh, hardcore here. I like that, Hexpony. That's a good idea. Do you guys think the market's going to go up or down when Biden speaks? I finally, my computer's lagging because I'm running so much shit right now, but this is that Bitcoin chart in March 2020. Yeah, so it went from 8,000 down to like, what What did what, what was Bitcoin's low right at the? The low? Oh, on yeah. March, uh, March on March 13th, it was uh, 37,000. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I'm used to saying that was 3,700. Sheesh. I mean, that is, yeah. So that was to me like where Bitcoin lost its its footing as a hedge. If you don't, like I said, that's a prime environment for the idea of Bitcoin as a hedge to shine, and it just shit the bed. Hex Pony said we should do a poll on if all right positive fine. or negative. I'm doing a poll right now. In the in the in the in I was the, wrong yesterday. I thought we were going to get a rally into close, and we got the opposite. It's almost as if someone knew something, but I'm. I'm going positive again because everyone's just so doom and gloom that, and I and I don't think he's gonna say like, we're, we're, we're I, he's gonna say we're gonna help Ukraine out, but in I don't know what I, again we're not political minds here, but I don't know what you can do because there is no political capital in this in this country to be sending our troops anywhere. Frankly, mm. I I I don't know. I don't I don't know. That's the kind of thing, like. The way out of this, I feel like the ball is out of our hands. And when I say our, I mean the U.S. And that's what, that's what concerns me. Like I don't know what I don't know what levers we always talk about, like levers and vulnerabilities here. I don't know what like as a as a business, but I don't know what levers we can pull. Sanctions. We we, we did that already. Okay, some more sanctions. I don't know. We'll do. I. Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't speculate. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against there being some sort of small special ops. You know, that's how we've been doing the, these things in the past, like twenty years. It's not like full fledged land war, or full fledged land war, but small kind of special ops. Can, it, can anyone in the chat? Because we got two streams on right now. Can anyone in the chat and either chat please like help me understand? I'm trying to think of when the last time we had a major on the ground offensive like this. Who's in, we involving a major world power. Okay. In Europe, that's that's be that's be specific, right? There are always conflicts, armed conflicts in, cer- Cr- in Crimea. They, in were certain, fight, they were fighting in Crimea. So 2014, right? That was that's the last time. Seven, eight years, eight years ago. ago, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's it. I and before that, gosh, 
I don't know, man. The thing that scares me is because the, this entire time it was all about the east, Co the east, the eastern border, the eastern border, eastern border. And then what happens? They, 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 they jump right over the eastern border. They go straight to the capital, right? So I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying not to be o o overly uh, doom and gloomy. Yeah, Mitch is saying the Balkan Wars of the '90s. The Iraq War was in between there. Yeah, I know, I know but that wasn't. No, but that Europe. wasn't in Europe. Yeah, um, I don't know. But people seem to care more that it's in Europe. I don't know. I mean, we have we Benzinga has employees that that are in Europe that are scared shitless right now, and I don't blame them. You know, and that's part of why I'm in the mood that I'm in right now because we work with people that are being that are going to be affected by this. So it's a shitty situation. Um, and part of me like doesn't even want to talk about stocks, but part of me does. I'm very conflicted here today. Um, this rally today is, is something else. It's something fierce, Aaron. I mean, just it's something fierce. You said, yeah. I mean, well, it, let, let's yeah, and, and I agree with what you said earlier, I man. Too, it's like we got to see what goes on during uh, Biden, but after that, it's really how we how we go into the close. This is a daily chart of the spy. I think it speaks volumes. And you can criticize the S&P for all you want for not being a, a true measure of things because it's so top heavy, but um, it is the most watched indicator. Um, and it's top heavy because a handful of companies are, are way larger than everything else. And I think that's just the way the market is. So, I still use the SPY as my, my main indicator. You can use the NASDAQ. You can use the Russell. You can use the Dow. I like the SPY. I like the S&P 500. And um, I mean, how low did we get here this morning? At least on the SPY, we got to 410. Lowest level since June. May, excuse me, since May. I don't know. Uh, DJ saying it's a dead cat bounce for anyone out there. Wondering what that is, it's essentially when you're in a bear trend and a down market and you have a, a bounce that looks like, oh, this could be the reversal, buyers are coming in, and nope, it's just kind of a fake out and markets continue um, to move lower. I, I think we'd all be... A, um, I, I take issue with the characterization of this market as a dead cat. Dead cat bounce refers to like, I'll show you dead cat bounce. Dead cat bounce is like, um, is, is ride, right? They report earnings next week. Come on, ride. Come on, come on, computer. Function. There we go. Dedicate bounce is that in in November on a ride. You you go from uh Can you give us a, a little zoom there? A little zoom, yeah. A little zoomy zoom. These are all dedicate bounces. Right? September, you you get up to, to eight uh eight dollars in ride. November you get up to seven bucks. These are all dedicate bounces. That's a dedicate bounce. The S and P five hundred is not a. I take issue with the characterization of the S and P being a dead there, cat. I, I feel like the S and P is going to be very quiet over these next thirty five minutes while I wait for Biden. Um, but yeah, so if you're just joining us, Biden will be speaking at twelve or sorry one thirty p.m. Eastern. Supposed to be twelve thirty. We've got two different streams going on right now. We've yeah. got one. Um, I don't know what time. So okay, yeah, because we have a one thirty guest. On yeah, the show. we have a one o'clock guest and a one thirty guest. So at some point, the streams will diverge yes. at 1.30. If you want to watch Biden, um, you'll be able to go there. But what we may do is after the 1.30 guest, if Biden is still speaking. we I think we may keep them going. We may keep both, um, both streams Yeah, what going. I was going to say is we might pull up 
Biden on this one too yes. after one thirty and kind of just like give commentary. But I don't think he's going to speak for that long. Like when he came out the other day, he also whatever happened to presidents taking questions from the like press pool? I have to be honest with you, Aaron. I have not. I've been like live the or I've been. I've been busy the last like three times that Biden has spoken, so I don't. I haven't actually watched any of his speeches in the last couple of week, two one week, one two weeks. So I don't know what he did or didn't maybe, say. Maybe I'm trying to think. Like I guess maybe there were times, even in like Obama's administration, where if if something like crazy was going on, he'd give his speech that was very, uh, you know, like standard, well written, that didn't really say much, and then just walk off without answering any questions. Um, I know we saw Trump do that too during a lot of the COVID press conferences, but. Um, I don't know. Like, I'd love to be able for the people to ask Biden some questions. Right well, now. May, have they? I I don't know. Yesterday he walked, or it was either yesterday or the last time he spoke. He, he just dips. He just dip. He beeline straight, and they do the thing where they're all yelling their questions. Like he's gonna like turn around and answer one of them, which he's never gonna do. And it's like funny because it's like, well, at least I tried. I I asked my question. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Um, shit, what was I about to say just now? I was about to – I had something to add, and I um, – oh, right. I was going to say that. So our 2 p.m. show, uh, our, the roadmap, uh, we're not going to do that show today. Um, so what we may do is just keep the stream going beyond uh, beyond 2 o'clock. I may bring Money Mitch on. I, I don't know. Um, it's kind of a weird day right now. As I plug in my gear. So what we're going to do here in four minutes, um, we do try to keep things pretty light on this show, just for clarity, okay? This is generally speaking a pretty pretty light, pretty casual show. Um, every Thursday, we do a trivia segment, which, which is fun. It's interactive trivia. You know, you can play along with us in the chat. <laughs> um and we give away some 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 swag. Uh oh, my producer's saying he doesn't think it'll work. Uh oh, I, I see what she's saying. Yeah. Okay. So this is what's going to happen. We are going to be playing trivia on the Benzinga Live YouTube stream. If if you're if you're watching the Joe Biden stream, you will not. I mean, you can play. Spencer, this is the issue. Um because we started the Biden stream after our Benzing Alive, yeah. people on that stream, that's going to be the answers that get captured instead of this one. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's the issue. Oh, interesting. So people on the Biden stream will be able to play, and the people that are here will not? Correct, yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, yeah. my God. What a, what, what, what a crazy day. Okay, so here's the, here's the situation, everyone. Um, we're, we're running two streams at the same time, and they're, right now they're both showing me. Right, but they will diverge when the president speaks. Until then, this is what we'll do. I'm gonna slack the YouTube. Not I'm not slack. I'm gonna put the YouTube link to the Joe Biden stream into the chat for our main Benzinga live stream. There it is. Um, no, the theme of <laughs> trivia is not foreign affairs, but it should have been in hindsight. Uh, the theme is going to be short selling. We're going to bring on two guys from uh, Trade Zero. They do a segment every week with us. We're going to do short selling trivia with Trade Zero. Uh, if you've never shorted a stock, uh, you're going to 
uh, get some real FaceTime. If you have questions, get some real FaceTime with the head of a brokerage, the CEO of Trade Zero, uh, Dan Pipitone, and a guy who short stocks for a living. Uh, so that we're going to do that in a minute. So I just put the link to the Biden stream into the chat on the the binging a live stream. If you're watching this stream on on via, if you're watching this show via our Joe Biden stream, uh, this is how you play. It's very simple. We're going to bring questions up on the screen. And each response corresponds with a number, like number one, number two, number three, number four. Put the number of the answer in the chat, and that will register on our software. And at the end of the stream, we're going to tally up the winner. And uh, we're going to give away some swag. And Trade Zero is also going to give away um, a free subscription to their pro uh, membership, I believe, but let's let's bring on the guys from from Trade Zero right now for their weekly spot. And this is going to be a this is going to be weird. I don't quite know how this is going to work out. We're two streams at the same time, but hey, we roll with it here at Benzinga. So it is time for our weekly zero hassle short selling segment with Trade Zero. Let's bring on Dan and Steven right now. Guys, how are we doing? What's up? Spencer, what's up, brother? What's up, Steve? How are you? Oh, guys. Oh, guys. Market's getting better, eh? Uh, uh, not really. The Ukraine-Russia <laughs> stuff, pretty terrible situation, but uh, micro caps are pretty good. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so here's what we're going to do. Producer Rohan, can you please bring up our trivia screen? Uh, we've got six questions here about short selling. And uh, we have some time in between each question to sort of talk about the the question and the answer a little bit. So, um, again, this is a weekly segment. If you uh, hit the answer, the, the number of the corresponding answer, hit that in the chat, put that in the chat, and it's going to tally it up automatically, and we're going to see who the winner is at the end. We're going to give away some free Benzinga swag. And, Dan, I, I believe, uh, uh, Shazia said, you guys are also going to give away Free, uh, three free months of the pro platform, which is a $177 value. Uh, so we're excited about that. Looking to have the winner on board, get the platform free for the next three months and, uh, and, and go. All right, here we go. Question one, in order to short stocks, you need to open a margin account at your broker. Is it number one true, but only in the U S is it number two, just straight true. Is it number three? It depends on your broker or is it number four straight false? So again, just just to repeat, because we're running two streams at the same time right now. Everyone in in the in the Joe Biden stream, you're the ones that are playing. If you're answering the questions in the Benzinga live stream, go over to the other stream and, and put your answers there, and 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 uh, that's where the tally is going to happen. So um, the Jeopardy questions music are being, playing. Jeopardy music playing, uh, and I don't want to give away the answer uh, before. Um, there we go. Um, Actually, no, the answers are set now. So we're computing. So the answer is true. You need a margin account at your broker. Dan, you're CEO of a, bro- of a broker. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yes. So uh, with short selling, you're actually borrowing. Uh, and in order to borrow stuff, you need to have a margin account. Uh, and so margin, uh, margin positions, uh, you can actually use leverage on, which is essentially you borrowing money uh, to get into those positions. So to short a stock, that borrowing ability is needed there you go beautiful couldn't have said it better myself and i'm, I'm loving the music now 
Yeah, here we go. Let's keep this going. All right. Question two. Let's bring question two up here right now. By the way, most people got that question right, but not everyone. Question two. Short positions cannot be held overnight. One, true. Two, false. You've got 25 seconds to get your question, your answers in here. And then after we switch screens um, and the clock runs out, we will discuss. I'm going to give away the answer now, though. This is fun, Spencer. I mean, this is very intense, too. The music is really... Uh, we feel like we're in a real legitimate contest here, folks. I feel like we're, in a, we're, on, we're on a legitimate game show right now. Yeah, man. Survey says... Wants to be a millionaire, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Steve. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 I'm playing for $32,000 now, and, and if I get this one right. <laughs> Steven, if you didn't know this, I would be alarmed because you trade short, you short stocks for a living. So that, that, that would be alarming if you, uh, if you didn't know this. All right. So I think I can give away the answer, right? Producer Rohan, if the, the answers are locked, right? If you didn't answer by now, I think, think you're done. You think you're locked out. Um, the answer here is, of course, true. You can hold short positions overnight. Do either of you guys want to speak more about like what that entails? Or what that so could entail? Wouldn't it be false, Spencer? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. They cannot be held. You're right. <laughs> false. I, I I I I misread the question. Yes, false. They cannot be. It, it's false that they cannot be held. Double negative. It's positive. They can be held overnight. Thank you, Dan. Jeez, dear yes. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm studying for my series 27 right now. So you got so series 24. Got to be. You got to really read the question all the way through. I, you know? I confuse I confuse myself <laughs> with, with with that one. And I and I wrote the question. <laughs> So, so. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm bringing the music back. Producer Ron, can we get our music back on? Thank you. All right. Question number three here. Let's see if I can read it correctly this time. What are short locate fees? Number one, the fee charged by the exchange to locate stocks to lend to the broker. Is it number two, the fee charged by the company? to lend out shares to short? Is it number three, the fee charged by the buyer to lend shares to the seller? Or is it number four, the fee charged by the broker to locate shares to lend to the trader? So who is charging, at issue here is really who is charging the, where does the locate fee come from? Does it come from the exchange, come from the company, come from the buyer, or come from the broker? That's what we need to figure out with this question. I don't even know the answer to this. I just press the button and and I got them. (laughs) Chat seems pretty convicted. Uh, wow, I'm seeing a lot of twos in the chat. A lot of twos. For me, it's four. The broker gets them. Oh, now I'm seeing some fours. Now the fours are coming in. Now the fours are coming in. Like you don't contact you don't contact the buyer and be like, oh, by the way, can I just do you mind if I take some of your long position and and borrow it? I'm seeing some. I'm seeing a couple of ones, a couple of twos, and a lot of fours. I don't see any threes here. No one seems to think. Hey, there we go. Dan, can you elaborate for us, please? Yes. So we have relationships with many different uh, providers uh, where that have access to long shares that are being loaned out, and so we have uh, we're pinging these providers in real time as folks request uh, as, as folks request the ability to locate shares. And we're basically returning those rates uh, that we've uh, agreed to by, by nature of our relationship with these vendors and show those 
rates to our uh, end users who are looking to locate those shares. So it is us that is that are doing the charging by nature of relationships we have on the supply side. Number four, what is a short squeeze? When all of a stock's outstanding shares are currently sold short, when a stock that has been heavily shorted rises rapidly in price, when a stock gets shorted without a margin account, or when a stock collapses as more short sellers sell. You've just reminded us I'm in a position right now and I forgot about it. So I hope I hope that's not in a short squeeze. I, I would certainly hope this not. is a great question too. All right. I think so we've we've transitioned on the screen here. So I I think I can give away the answer now. Um I, I, I think the answer I'm seeing a lot of twos. Do I see anything other than a two? Um chat's pretty convicted. This is gonna be a tight race here for the winner. I don't know what's gonna happen if we have a tie. Um, but I am seeing a lot of twos. So the answer, of course, is as I switch screens here, number two. We've all lived through this. If you've been in the markets for the last year plus, you've seen the AMC and the GameStop short squeeze. Um, and Stephen, have you ever been a part of one of those? I've been in several. I generally just shut the computer down, walk out the door, and hope the price goes <laughs> down. <laughs> That's also a strategy. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, just go to the shop, buy some beers, and just hope. Yep. 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 Short squeeze, bad for the shorts, good for the longs. That's the bottom line there. All right. We are down. Oh, that was question four. I think we have two more questions here. Um, uh, this is my personal favorite. What is short interest? Is it the amount of people who want to short a stock? Is it the amount of people who are short a stock currently? Is it the amount of a stock's shares outstanding that are currently sold short, or is it the amount of a stock's shares outstanding that are available to short? Get some new tunes up in here. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing some twos. And again, if you're watching this in the Benzinga live stream, go to the uh, the the other one, the the Joe Biden stream. I'm seeing a three. What are we seeing in the chat right now? I'm seeing a few threes actually. Now I'm seeing a lot of threes. Seeing a seeing a four. The re, the thing about short interest that can be confusing is it is it can be expressed multiple ways. It's mostly expressed as a percentage, correct, Dan? Oh wait, Dan, you're on mute. That's correct. Yep. Yep. Usually it's, so when, it, it, it expresses a percentage of the float. Right. So, for example, and the correct answer is three, the amount of the stock shares outstanding that are currently sold short. So if you have 100 shares outstanding and 50 shares currently sold short, then you would have a short interest of 50%, right? Because it's 50 out of the exactly 100. Exactly right. Yep. Right. So it's, it's expressed as a percentage. The higher the percentage, the greater piece of the pie that are, that, that is sold short is how I think and also. That. The, the more the more ripe for a short squeeze, as we saw with the GameStop AMCs, you had these hedge funds who were short, you know, large percentages of the float. A little bit of buying activity makes the yeah. stock really rise quickly. Great point. Last question here. What is a margin call besides a movie? Um, is it when your broker decides you have too much margin? Is it when the value of your margin account falls below your brokerage account? Is it when the value of your margin account falls below the minimum margin requirement, or is it when the stock you are short falls to zero? 
I guess technically maybe it could be more than one of these. I'm just not realizing I'm just not realizing that it could be more than one of these answers. Um <laughs> but um no, margin calls are, are they're they're part of they're part of the part of the business, right, Dan? They are. Unfortunately, uh, there are yeah. some minimum there are some minimum uh, requirements we need to keep in force, both regulatorily and also uh, we have some house rules, and every broker does. Uh, so you should be well aware of what those are. Um, and uh, as we say the answer, I'll, I'll say a little bit more. What, what is the minimum margin requirement at, at yeah at Trade Zero? You can give away the answer if you want. It, so the minimum margin requirement globally, uh, well, at least if you're working with a U.S. broker, it's $2,000. You need to maintain $2,000. You also need to fill out a margin uh, agreement. Now, because you're on margin, uh, so for example, a $2,000 account can buy $4,000 worth of stock. And if you max out, you're at 50% equity and you're borrowing 50%. But if that stock goes against you and you go down to like 25% equity, well, you have 1000 in the account and there's actually you're holding uh, 4,000 in positions um, as the stock moves down and um, you, you can get a margin call. So below 25%, uh, firms are gonna, are gonna issue a margin call to get your account equity up past 25% again. Alex, you are our winner. The tie here goes to the fastest answer. So Al- we had a, a, a big tie up top. Alex, you, you were the quickest. I love, I love the, the buzzer. So Alex, here's, here's what you do. Alex, email us. All right. Email. I'm putting the email up on the screen. Email shows at Benzinga.com. I will connect you to trade zero. And I will also get you hooked up with some free Benzinga swag, Alex. And please put like trivia in the subject. So we know who you are and the trivia. Winner. I would also say Spence for the, for the other folks who did, uh, who, who got the six questions right out of six. The trades or promotion is open to you guys. So uh, share your info with, with Spencer and we'll be happy to honor that uh, for, for you guys who uh, who hit it out of the park okay. with the six out of Okay. Shelly, BNZNB, Christian, Gimme Boy, Jesse, Dar- Dar- and Daryl and Voodoo. The seven of y'all. I think that's seven. Yes. The seven of y'all. Email e- email us, shows up in Zinga, and, and, and we got the hookup to, to trade zero. Yes. Um, was there anything that we wanted to talk about today as it just pertains to just this market um, and shorting in general? If you have any questions in the chat, guys, it's not very often you get FaceTime with the CEO of a brokerage, which is what you have right now. And uh, so ask away. But Dan, Dan or Steven, did you guys have anything you wanted to add? There, there is a big bit of news uh, that we are super excited about. Um, your boy Renato just wrote a nice article about us. So Trade Zero Canada has officially launched. So we're spreading the gospel of of equal access on both the long and short side uh, to our U.S. Uh, customers, our international, and now specifically folks up in Canada who are looking to interact with the U.S. markets in this way. We're here. We're local in Toronto, and we are excited to be uh to be present in Canada and to be onboarding Canadian traders to want to long and short the U.S. markets. Awesome. Uh, Wait, we have a few questions in the chat from Ali. Can I deposit, can I deposit to cover margin calls and how long does a deposit reflect on, uh, how long until that deposit reflects on the account? Great question, Ali. Great question. So it depends on the margin call. It also depends on what is happening with the stock that you're potentially long or short. If it continues to go against you and it, and it crosses the 15% threshold, then the broker is probably going to sell you out. 
Uh, and so the, getting the money in would satisfy the margin call, but it's not going to protect your position. If, however, the, the position remains consistent at around 21% and is not really moving, the broker is not going to take further action. They're going to give the opportunity to deposit funds to, to take care of that call and keep you in the position. Uh, David Smith is asking a question that I would like to address. Uh, at what point do naked shorts trigger margin calls? And David, just to be absolutely clear, naked shorting is very illegal. Very illegal. Dan, to your best of your knowledge, doesn't happen. Well, it's illegal. Naked shorting, Spence, is is just shorting a stock that you're not long, right? So it's just your net short, uh, so, and there's no protection or coverage on that. So you're basically doing a short trade. If I if I'm understanding what what the well, a, na- a naked short is when you you haven't located it. You have you're shorting shares that haven't been located by the broker, um, which is de- well, not. I thought that's what. So it depends. If the stock is easy to borrow, you can short. There's no locate requirement. If it's not, there's a locate requirement. And if you're working with a broker that has a system that's, you know, checking for this stuff, they're not going to allow that short to go through if you don't have the locate in place prior to opening that short order. Okay. Awesome. Um, Guys, uh, Dan Pipitone is the CEO of Trade Zero, uh, Trade Zero US, Trade Zero in Canada. Steven Johnson, uh, you are... uh, you're in for an interesting go around here because shorting stocks in a in a market with a major geopolitical conflict happening uh, is should be interesting. So, um, thank you both, I guess, for joining us today. Do you guys, have, Stephen? Do you have anything else you want to add just about how you're approaching the market right now? No, not really. Just just very nice to see. Was it INDO? Uh, nice to see a good hundred percent GABA. Nice to see the the small cap market coming back to life with some kind of yeah. a plus higher probability setups we've had a few quite a few weeks so let's get excited to, to take advantage of some of the volatility now volatility there is that is for sure dan steven uh, a pleasure as always to have you both Likewise, on we'll, ha- we'll have you back on again next week everyone that won again email put it in the chat shows at benzinga.com we got the hookup for you thanks a lot guys Great. Thanks, Ben. Nice this was fun. Be Alrighty. Nice, guys. Bye. Alright, I'm going to keep the music on because, frankly, it's cheering me up. <laughs> and I need to be cheered up today. Um, let's bring up, let's go back to the pro. By the way, everyone watching this, whether you're watching the main Benzinga live stream or the uh, Joe Biden stream, I do want to add that this, this chart, this screen that I'm sharing is called Benzinga Pro. It is our real-time news and research platform. We do offer a discount. I'm going to put the link up on the screen right now. Uh, get 25% off. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll put the link in the ch- in, in the chat uh, first, and then I'll put it up on the screen. So there it is. It's in, it's in one chat, and now it's in both chats. There we go. Um, so check it out. 25% off Benzinga Pro. Let's just keep on. I, I can't. I can't move too far away from this this chart right now. Um, uh, frankly, I'm I'm amazed. I am amazed. I mean, I, I you know I heard what the the stat there, the chart that Aaron showed at the top of the show. The markets in the past have bottomed when the missiles start flying, but I just don't think it's that easy. I really don't. I, I I'm I'm. I would be amazed. I would be really blown away 
if that was the bottom. If that move, if that if that low from this morning, if that's the low of this move. I'm not, you know, an expert on how the market trades during armed conflicts or wars or anything like that. But the old adage of the market hates uncertainty. This is peak uncertainty right now. And then we hadn't even spoken about the Fed, right? D- does this take, you know, five or more rate hikes off the table? Maybe, right? Um, we're still going to get a rate hike here eventually, but that's a whole other wrench in the equation here. So I maintain my stance. Short term, I want no part of any longs. Long term, I am doing nothing. I'm selling nothing and I am still working on my shopping list. I'm not buying anything now. But I'm working on my shopping list. And, and just to recap, what's in is it's a, it's a very, I, I have to actually write it down. I don't, I don't have my list written down anywhere, but I've got, I've got Shopify on the list. I've got block slash square on the list. Um, those are, those are the, the, the top two stocks on my list right now. Um, I probably, not probably, I definitely need, need some other non tech, frankly. Um, Cause I'm pretty diversified broadly. I've got, like I mean, I'm diversified across like the 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 U.S. stock market, um, but I all of the individual stocks I own are all, I own a lot of like growth. I own like some cannabis stocks. I own Airbnb. I own a little bit of Disney, which I don't know what that is, frankly, if that's growth or or, or what. But I could probably use some more staples, um, more, more defensive names. Speaking of defense and staples. Oh, oh, blocking Martin today. Come on, 15-minute chart. Look at that. Straight down from the open. Very interesting trade. Very... Lockheed's at the low of the day. Just about. Very interesting tra- I don't... I'm not going to pretend to understand this because I really don't. guys <laughs> totally uh totally confused here and when i'm confused i i go hands off yeah aaron brian do you want to show us what's on your shopping list there we go all right aaron's shopping list is nvidia tesla airbnb shopify square it's in the chat right now lemonade Heladoc, you got a lot of growth in there, man. You got a lot of growth. Again, I don't know. Oh, now Aaron Bree. Aaron Bree just had to step away, but he'll be back in a minute. He got, um, He got a uh, sidetrack. He got co-opted by a client right now for a webinar or something like that. So he'll be back. And also, I want to add at one thirty, we're going to have our next guest. Um, we're going to talk to, and I, I, I promise this is his real name because I looked it up. But Robert Machinist, Troika Media Group, at one thirty in, in eight minutes from now. 
So that that's what's going to happen. So at 1.30, our streams very well may diverge. We're going to have Robert on the Benzinga live stream. And whenever Joe Biden starts speaking, we'll put him on the Joe Biden stream. And however, however long these streams are going to go is a mystery even to me. I do have to hop off at no later than 2.15. Um, so I don't know. Guys, we're going to play it by ear today. It's one of those days. Let's get Lockheed Martin off the screen. Let's, let's just go to uh, my watch list of the overall market here. And what... You know what today really does? It really drives home the point that mega cap tech is everything. Or the only thing, right? As they go, so we all go, right? Like as, as Amazon and Facebook or Meta, whatever, and Apple and Tesla and Microsoft, as they all go, they will, they're our driver. In terms of price, in terms of price, in terms of sentiment, obviously the geopolitical stuff, whatever is happening in, in, in Ukraine right now is the driver of sentiment or the Fed. But in terms of driver of price, it's hard to argue that it's not it's not the fang names, right? The thing is, is there any way that things can get even worse? This is from Safcon in the chat. I think the new package of sanctions should be the end of the bear market for now. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this really was the bottom. The thing is, though, it's not as if this has been... It's, it's not it's not as if um this is the only reason why we're down here we've been ha- we've been having a rough go of it for in the overall indexes for months and for a lot of growth for over a year so it's not as if this is the only thing weighing on the market just the latest thing weighing on the market you have you have you have this you have the fed um you have the fact that valuations got crazy a year ago so I don't know. I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I, I don't really know what what to do, frankly. Um, I think because I've, I've only been in the market for seven years. And I'll be honest, I think this is probably the, the highest geopolitical tension-esque thing that I can that I've experienced as an investor right not gonna act like I know everything that I know that I've been through this before because I haven't but that's part of the problem is I haven't been through this before but again I always go back to the fact that the S&P 500 broadly speaking goes higher that's what it does that's why I own VU I own VU and I own VEU those two things represent like two thirds of my taxable account at Fidelity. VOO and VEU is where I have the vast majority of my money. And I am not selling. I don't know if I have the guts to buy today, but I ain't selling I ain't selling Jack. I'm selling all the short term stuff, right? My, my BCRX swing trade, gone. Pound swing trade, gone. What about Facebook? Quantum is asking. 
I'm st- I'm still just bearish this the the company. I'm just bearish the whole business. Like yeah, it's it's having a great day, right? Open at the low, just like every other stock did this morning. But I I you know again I and this is the downside of indexes. You know I own Facebook right because I got the the S and P 500, but I don't want to own Facebook. If I couldn't if I could avoid it, I would. I'm just bearish the business. They have to they have to prove out an entirely they're they're a company in transition right now. Buying dips hasn't worked for the last year. I mean it's it's worked if you're if you're willing to sell a day later or two days later. Alright, let's try to keep the political shit uh, in line, right? In the uh, Joe Biden chat. I, I'm not going to pretend to know where the market's going, right? I really am not. Whether the spy is going to 400, whether it's going to 500, I, I, I don't know. I, I've been in the camp that we're probably going to close the year lower than where we opened, but it's just going to be a chop fest. And I, and I maintain that, that, that belief right now. Um, it's, it's alarming that you, you made it every time you, you make a new low of the year. That's alarming. Right. And we did that this morning. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I am wrong. Maybe it was just a giant flush out this morning. I don't know. Either way though, you never want to buy, like, be the hero and buy on day one, right? Who wants to be the hero and buy day one? Not me. I'd much rather miss the bottom if it would mean being more sure. So maybe it's a good time to revisit what I did in oh, House Funk. Yeah. Fonk is Fonk was doing fine before. I don't know what it's doing today. Let's move on with the rest of the market today. Again, I bought this off the uh, the new Formula One season catalyst and the new Netflix season of Drive to Survive catalyst. Um, still maintain that thesis, but again, I'm not buying anything new. If I didn't if I didn't own this, I wouldn't have I wouldn't buy it now. If I didn't already own it. It just, I don't know. Um, anyone own Alcoa? James wants to know. Nah, I, I need some more material. I, I don't have, I have minimal, I have minimal exposure to materials, uh, staples, utilities, basically all the non-sexy stuff, right? Utilities, uh, energy. Yeah, I, I need more of that stuff. Like the only real estate exposure that I have besides whatever is in the S&P is, is SRVR. And that's like, that's like growth real estate. That's like technology real estate. It's not even like real estate, real estate. So I, I, I could probably get a little more diversified in terms of um, owning. I, I, I own some industrials. I own a small cap industrials fund, um, but I don't own any materials outside the S&P, outside of what the S&P gives me. Also, I'm curious, is anyone looking uh, outside the U.S. right now? Is anyone looking at at, at foreign markets? I'd be very curious to to, to get your, your guys' thoughts on that. 
I've got almost no, well, I, and that's not almost no, that's not true. Outside of VEU, right? Which I just pulled up before, which is, I want to say 18% of my taxable account. I think it's around 18% of my taxable account. Um, outside of VEU though, I've got no foreign exposure. I don't own any specific funds or country specific or any any international stocks, um, frankly. I guess Fuang kind of counts because it's in Europe mostly, but not really. It doesn't count. I'd be curious to, to get some ideas from the chat on the international front. VEU is just, all it is, is it's the, it's the, it's the all world stock. It's the, every stock market in the world just minus the US. That's why it says all world X US there. So think of it as like all the global markets minus the United States. That's what VEU is. Check the Moscow. Okay, so uh, what? RSX, right? Is uh, your, your Russia ETF. I can't pull up exchange, uh, actual exchange data on here. Whoever asked that. It was, um, it was Juan. Oh, wow. I mean, who wants to buy Russian equities now? Seriously? Not me. Um, all right, not sure where my 130 guest is. Oh, I got but I got you guys emails. Everyone that won trivia, I got I see some emails. All right, let me ping our 130 guest. Make sure he knows he's coming out with us today. Um, yeah, still waiting on Joe Biden. So as soon as as soon as he speaks, I'm gonna get taken off the Binzing Alive uh, the the Joe Biden stream and go back to Binzing Alive. That should be momentarily here. Um. One second, guys. I'm just doing four things at once. Trying to focus on everything. Okay. So if Robert Machinist joins us, that'd be that'd be sweet. Would want to talk to him. But until that, uh, Voodoo, who won trivia? Alex won trivia. We're all winners, though, deep down, right? I don't know. <laughs> all right, uh, Natty Gas. Someone's just suggesting Natty Gas. Yeah, that's that's what this is, right? That's what all this is about. I don't actually know. I mean, yeah, commodities are ripping right now. Look at every commodity fund. It's not just Natty Gas. It's not just oil. Look at the ags. Look at Moo. Commodities are... Well, that's not a great example. Wait, I think Moo owns equities. All right, that's a bad example. Sorry, guys. <laughs> what are some um, actual commodity-backed uh, ETFs? 
besides like GLD and USO and UNG. I'm drawing a blank right now. I know Jay knows. I should know this, but I don't. That's how little attention I pay to commodities. I don't even know what the largest commodity-based ETFs are. Okay, you know what? This is great. I see our guest here. All right. So I'm going to turn the music off because it's nice, but distracting. Um, and our next and final guest of the day, I'm going to bring him on right now, is Robert Machinist, who is the CEO of Troika Media Group, ticker TRKA. Get that guy up on the screen. There we go. And um, I'm going to give Robert the special intro. Bring him on Benzinga Live right now, the new special intro. Hey, Robert, welcome to Benzinga Live. Good afternoon. How are you? Can you hear me? I hear you and I see you. Everything is working. This is great. Uh, first off, tell actually, no, before you even get to, to Troika, um, I, I had to go on your LinkedIn because I was like, is that really, is that his real name? Robert Machinist? <laughs> I, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Yeah. It's real it, name. It, yeah. It's a, it was a gift from the immigration board to my great grandfather um, who <laughs> sold machine, who sold machines uh, in Eastern Europe before his he emigrated to america and and he his uh great knowledge of one english word um was machina <laughs> and uh hey and, he our, hey. and our real our real family name was stifleman so go figure listen man that's how i got my last name my last name is israel i i got it the same way oh you're from israel all right that's your name now done next um so it's kind of how it he, happens he, exactly um, you know, I, I've tried yeah. to do things during the course of my career that, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of the name machinist, but that's beside the point yeah. I've been, uh, wait, you know. so, so tell us, tell us about Troy community because this is an interesting company. We are a, a leading international, uh, specialty brand management business, um, and implementation business and experiential business, um, that we took public, um, roughly 10 months, 10 and a half months ago. Um, and we operate between London, New York, and Los Angeles. We have an extraordinary list of clients, particularly in the sports, um, e-sports, uh, and uh, betting space, uh, ranging from, if you watch the, uh, the Super Bowl the other day, um, and we, we represent uh, SoFi Stadium and the LA Rams, and did the programming and all the uh, uh, program management of the Oculus, which is the giant uh, scoreboard system in the center of the stadium. As a result of that work, we were originally awarded the game ball by, uh, by the LA Rams uh, when they opened a year and a half ago. We've now done the same thing for uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, and we work for a number of other teams, uh, including the Carolina Panthers. And, um, I, and are designing uh, like systems now for some of the major stadiums around the United States. At the same so, time- So, we so that, that's the core business right there? Well, no, we're really in the uh, branding, advising, and development business at the C-suite level for many, many different companies, ranging from CNN to, uh, uh, 
CBS Sports, NBC Sports, the Big Ten, the Pac-12. Um, we represent the PGA in developing all their long-term C-suite-based strategy, uh, et cetera, as well as uh, some more conventional uh, consumer products related at, uh, uh, companies. And we do both experiential uh, direct marketing aspects of this, as well as core branding, uh, uh, core branding work. And the reason we're having you on today, though, is because you guys had some, had some news this morning. You announced an acquisition, right? We, we announced a very substantial acquisition. We are a company that currently is operating at about a 40 to $45 million run rate, which is getting close to our pre-pandemic level of uh, back to our pre-pandemic level of operations. This morning, we announced um, the acquisition of uh, Converge Direct, which is a very large uh, performance-based marketing company. Uh, headquartered between Bedford, New York, and uh, New York City, um, that's doing about $300 million in revenue, making $23 million of EBITDA, um, which will make our consolidated business for fiscal 22 um, about $350 million in revenue and uh, well north of $23 million of consolidated EBITDA. Uh, what does it mean? Material. Yeah, well, what does it mean as far as the, biz the business goes, though? What, what it really is is... And, and it, we are doing core uh, branding work for major uh, corporate clients around the United States and internationally. Um, we provide not only the strategic branding work um, that accompanies that, but we also do experiential work. We do uh, digital realization. We're, we have an NFT-related business, so we're using NFTs as just one of the other technologies that allows our clients to uh, reach their consumers. Um, and this acquisition affords us an extraordinary opportunity to extend into a much broader uh, performance-based marketing interaction, taking advantage of our branding relationships. Um, Converge is a 15-plus-year-old uh, company, very strong history with key clients like AT&T and others. And we have no client overlap. And this uh, business allows us to create a product extension um, far down into the uh, consumer interaction line. Uh, so it it will dramatically improve our revenue and dramatically improve our EBITDA. Uh, the transaction is highly accretive. We have uh, committed financing for the transaction for the vast majority of the deal. And the uh, selling shareholders of Converge are uh, taking substantial shares in Troika as part of their commitment to the transaction. And the two senior managers of the company um, will be taking active operating roles in our business post-acquisition as we close this over the next week or so. Just what, what are you getting like from Converge with the deal? Like you're, you're getting their, their client base, obviously, but like who, who does that entail? Client base are, they are a leading what's called performance-based marketing business where they're reaching out and doing direct um, consumer interaction based on consumers opting in to, if when you're, we, we are a major uh, uh, supplier of leads for, uh, the win for the replacement window industry. As clients come in, um, we're paid effectively, I won't say on a bounty basis, but based on programmatic 
marketing, utilizing proprietary uh, uh, data management and software, we're able to get as many as 15 billion leads a year um, that we follow on, on a whole slew of different industries. But the home improvement business is a very significant one for which we do many verticals in that arena through these Converge assets. We can use that same technology to create um, interactive performance-based marketing programs for many of our significant corporate clients as uh, this business opportunity really unfolds. So we see an enormous operating leverage to utilize this technology uh, coupled with our other digital technologies to enhance the performance side of our delivery of consumer interaction with our key branding clients. So what, what I guess like looking for looking ahead here, Robert, what is sort of, you know, you, you announced the acquisition today and so it'll close at some point here in the future. Um, outside it'll of that, though, very, I mean, in the, very, in, in the very near term. So, okay. um, so, so what, what, what's the next thing though, that we, that the public has to look forward to for like, what is the next catalyst for your company? Well, I think the thing that you really need to look at, there are a couple of key, um, uh, uh, comp metrics in this in the performance marketing space. Probably the most simple one is Quinn Street, which is a company that uh, sells at twenty to thirty times EBITDA and a multiple and a significant multiple to revenue. As does S four Communications, um, which is uh, even sells at a more robust multiple to EBITDA as well as to revenues. Um, so we we believe that our company is materially undervalued in this marketplace, given what will be the accretive impact of this transaction post-closing. And closing, as I said, will be done uh, before March 15th. Um, but, but zooming out, though, Robert, like the, yeah. the performance marketing industry, just what, what secular tailwinds are at your back right now that, that would make someone interested in... Well, I think, the industry. you know, traditionally in the advertising business, um, there was a portion of the advertising related industry related to media buying and placement. This yeah. is this is a technology based media buying business or, or what was once a media buying business that transformed itself by creating proprietary software that allows them to design, reach and affect uh, direct marketing programs on behalf of the client base to a broad constituency of clients. So if you're in home improvement, there are many different things that get improved in your home, whether it's uh, replacement windows, roofs, gutters, uh, et cetera. And the same thing for other specific categories. So in our case, as, as uh, Troika base of clients, which are most of the leading sports franchises in the United States, as well as a number of the broadcast related properties, as well as some consumer companies, you know, like Pelotons of the world, um, LMVH and, and the like. It allows us to use this technology to extend our brand relationships and our brand advisory relationships into recurring revenue streams that come from marketing programs that in effect realize the branding thesis um, down into the operating line of the business. So it, it, awesome. it, there's, yeah. an, there's an enormous revenue uh, growth opportunity, which is why the management and owners of, 
uh, converge are going to are taking a very active role in helping us build out and extend our platform post transactionally. There are substantial shareholders. They are locked up as is management um, in our commitment to building out this platform. And you know, if you believe any of the metrics of the competitors to this company, it gives us an extraordinary um, boost in our market valuation once people understand what's involved in this. Robert Machinist, the CEO of Troika Media Group. Robert, thanks for coming on Benzinga Live today. Thank you very much for the time. I really appreciate it. Alrighty. And uh, uh, good, good luck explaining your name over time. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, like, I like that. All right. Uh, Melanie in the chat, I just dropped you the link to the other stream here. Uh, uh, can, producers, Aaron or Rohan or someone, can I get the, uh, the Biden stream in my ear so I can hear what the heck he's saying? Uh, I want to pull up a chart of the spy right now. This is a one-minute chart. Um, I'm flying blind right now, so I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm on with you guys. I don't know what he's saying. Um, here, you know what? Since I got nobody responding to me, let's just do it this way. Just um, share my screen. I'll just share my screen right now and bring up Biden on this screen too, because I want to hear. I can't be the only person that that that's not that's not hearing this. So a warning to everyone watching the stream right now, uh, watching the Biden stream. I'm about to bring it up in this window. Hey, we're also blocking four more major banks. That means every asset they have in America will be frozen. This includes VTB, the second largest bank in Russia, which has $250 billion in assets. As promised, we're also adding the names to the list of Russian elites and their family members that are sanctioning, that were sanctioned as well. As I said on Tuesday, these are people who personally gained from the Kremlin's policies and they should share in the pain. We will keep up this drumbeat of those designations against corrupt billionaires in the days ahead. On Tuesday, we stopped the Russian government from raising money from U.S. or European investors. Now we're going to apply the same restrictions to Russia's largest state-owned enterprises, companies with assets that exceed $1.4 trillion. Some of the most powerful impacts our actions will come over time. As we squeeze Russia's access to finances and technology for strategic sectors of its economy and degrade its industrial capacity for years to come. Between our actions and those of our allies and partners, we estimate that we'll cut off more than half of Russia's high-tech imports. It'll strike a blow to their ability to continue to modernize their military. It'll degrade their aerospace industry, including their space program. It'll hurt their ability to build ships, reducing their ability to compete economically. And it will be a major hit to Putin's long-term strategic ambitions. And we're preparing to do more. In addition to the economic penalties we're imposing, we're also taking steps to defend our NATO allies, particularly in the East. Tomorrow, NATO will convene a summit. We'll be there to bring together the leaders of 30 allied nations and close partners to affirm our solidarity and to map out the next steps we will take to further strengthen all aspects of our NATO alliance. Although we provided over $650 million in defensive assistance to Ukraine just this year, what? Last year, 
Let me say it again. Our forces are not and will not be engaged in the conflict with Russia in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight in Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies and reassure those allies in the East. As I made crystal clear, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. And the good news is, NATO is more united and more determined than ever. There is no doubt, no doubt that the United States and every NATO ally will meet our Article 5 commitments, which says that an attack on one is an attack on all. Over the past few weeks, I ordered thousands of additional forces to Germany and Poland as part of our commitment to NATO. On Tuesday, in response to Russia's aggressive action, including its troop presence in Belarus and the Black Sea, I've authorized the deployment of ground and air forces already stationed in Europe to NATO's eastern flank allies, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, and Romania. Our allies have also been stepping up, adding the other allies, the rest of NATO, adding their own forces and capabilities to ensure collective defense. And today, within hours of Russia's unleashing its assault, NATO came together and authorized and activated an activation of response plans. This will enable NATO's high readiness forces to deploy and when and where they are needed to protect our NATO allies on the eastern boundaries of Europe. And now I'm authorizing additional U.S. force capabilities to deploy to Germany as part of NATO's response, including some of the U.S.-based forces that the Department of Defense placed on standby weeks ago. I've also spoken with Defense Secretary Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs General Milley about preparations for additional moves should they become necessary to protect our NATO allies and support the greatest military alliance in the history of the world, NATO. As we respond, my administration is using the tools, every tool at its disposal to protect American families and businesses from rising prices at the gas pump. You know, we're taking active steps to bring down the cost and American oil and gas companies should not, should not exploit this moment to hike their prices, to raise profits. You know, in our sanctions package, we specifically designed to allow energy payments to continue. We are closely monitoring energy supplies for any disruption. We've been coordinating with major oil producing and consuming countries toward our common interest to secure global energy supplies. We are actively working with countries around the world to elevate collective release from the strategic petroleum reserves of major energy consuming countries. And the United States will release additional barrels of oil as conditions warrant. I know this is hard and that Americans are already hurting. I will do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. This is critical to me. But this aggression cannot go unanswered. If it did, the consequences for America would be much worse. America stands up to bullies. We stand up for freedom. This is who we are. Let me also repeat the warning I made last week. If Russia pursues cyber attacks against our companies, our critical infrastructure, we are prepared to respond. For months, we've been working closely with, our pri with the private sector to harden their cyber defenses sharpen our ability to respond to Russian cyber attacks as well. I spoke last night to President Zelensky of Ukraine, and I assured him that the United States, together with our allies and partners in Europe, 
will support the Ukrainian people as they defend their country, will provide humanitarian relief to ease their suffering. In the early days of this conflict, Russia propaganda outlets will keep trying to hide the truth and claim success for its military operation against a made-up threat. But history has shown time and again how swift gains in territory eventually give way to grinding occupations, acts of mass civil, mass civil disobedience, and strategic dead ends. The next few weeks and months, we hard on the people of Ukraine. Putin has unleashed a great pain on them. But the Ukrainian people have known 30 years of independence. And they've repeatedly shown that they will not tolerate anyone who tries to take their country backwards. This is a dangerous moment for all of Europe, for the freedom around the world. Putin has committed an assault on the very principles that uphold the global peace. But now, the entire world sees clearly what Putin and his Kremlin, and, and his Kremlin allies are really all about. This was never about a genuine security concerns on their part. It was always about naked aggression, about Putin's desire for empire by any means necessary, by bullying Russia's neighbors through coercion and corruption, by changing borders by force, and ultimately by choosing a war without a cause. Putin's actions betray his sinister vision for the future of our world, one where nations take what they want by force. But it is a vision that the United States and freedom-loving nations everywhere will oppose with every tool of our considerable power. The United States and our allies and partners will emerge from this stronger, more united, more determined, and more purposeful. And Putin's aggression against Ukraine will end up costing Russia dearly, economically and strategically. We will make sure of that. Putin will be a pariah on the international stage. Any nation that countenances Russia's naked aggression against Ukraine will be stained by association. In the history of this era is written, Putin's choice to make a totally unjustifiable war on Ukraine will have left Russia weaker and the rest of the world stronger. Liberty, democracy, human dignity, these are the forces far more powerful than fear and oppression. They cannot be extinguished by tyrants like Putin and his armies. They cannot be erased by people, from people's hearts and hopes by any amount of violence and intimidation. They endure in the contest between democracy and autocracy, between sovereignty and subjugation. Make no mistake, freedom will prevail. God bless the people of a free and democratic Ukraine. May God protect our troops. Associated Press, Zeke. President Putin at this point, and what interactions have you had with the Russian government? I heard the first part. Do I have any plans to speak with Putin at this point, and what? What communications have you had with the Kremlin as far as uh, military operations in Ukraine and making sure this does not spiral into a larger conflict? Well, it's a large conflict already. The way we're going to ensure it's not going to spiral to a larger conflict is by providing all the forces needed in the Eastern European nations that are members of NATO. NATO is more united than it's ever been. And I have no plans to talk with Putin. Uh, Wall Street Journal, Tarina. 
Mr. President, you didn't mention SWIFT in your sanctions that you announced. Is there a reason why the U.S. Uh, isn't doing that? Is there a disagreement among allies um, regarding SWIFT and whether uh, Russia should be allowed to be a part of it? The sanctions that we have proposed on all their banks of equal consequence, maybe more consequence than SWIFT number one. Number two, uh, it is always an option, but right now that's not the position that the rest of uh, Europe wishes to take. Um, uh, Cecilia Vega, ABC. Sir, sanctions clearly have not been enough to deter Vladimir Putin to this point. What is going to stop him? How and when does this end? And do you see him trying to go beyond Ukraine? And a second question I'll just give to you now. This statement that he gave last night, will that the, West, the threat that he gave, the West will face consequences greater than any you have faced in history. Is he threatening a nuclear strike? I have no idea what he's threatening. I know what he has done, number one. And number two, no one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. It has to show, it's gonna take time and we have to show resolve so he knows what's coming. And so the people of Russia know what he's brought on them. That's what this is all about. This is gonna take time. It's not gonna occur. He's gonna say, oh my God, these sanctions are coming. I'm gonna stand down. He's going to test the resolve of the West to see if we stay together, and we will. We will, and it will impose significant costs on him. Will he go beyond Ukraine, sir? Do you see him going? Yes. Right. Two topics, just really quick. First, markets are down and gas prices are up. I know you always stress the difference between Wall Street and Main Street, but everybody seems to be in for some economic pain. How economically painful is it going to get for people in this country? And I do have one more question. First of all, there's no doubt that when a major nuclear power attacks and invades another country, that the world is going to respond and markets can respond all over the world. So there's no doubt about that, number one. Number two, the notion that this is going to last for a long time is highly unlikely as long as we continue to stay resolved in imposing the sanctions we're going to impose on Russia, period. What's your next question? I'm sorry. The next question is, did you underestimate Putin? And would you still describe him the way that you did in the summer as a worthy adversary? At the time, he was, I made it clear as an adversary, and I said he was worthy. I didn't underestimate him. And I've read most of everything he's written. Did you read? The, I shouldn't say, I'm not a wise guy. The, you, you heard the speech he made, almost an hour's worth of speech, is why he was going into Ukraine. He has much larger ambitions in Ukraine. He wants to, in fact, reestablish the former Soviet Union. That's what this is about. And I think that his, uh, his ambitions uh, are, are completely contrary to the place where the rest of the world has arrived. You're confident that these devastating sanctions are going to be as devastating as Russian missiles and bullets and tanks? Yes, Russian bullets, missiles, and tanks in Ukraine. Yes, I am. Thank you, President Biden. Thank you, President Biden. If sanctions cannot stop President Putin, what penalty can. I didn't say sanctions couldn't stop him. 
you've been talking about the threat of these sanctions for several weeks now. Yes, but the threat of the sanctions and imposing the sanctions and seeing the effect of the sanctions are two different things. Okay. They're two different things. And we're now going to, he's going to begin to see the effect of the sanctions. And what will that do? How will that change his mindset here, given he's because attacking Because it will so weaken his country that he'll have to make a very, very difficult choice as to whether to continue to move toward being a second-rate power or, in fact, respond. You said in recent weeks that big nations cannot bluff when it comes to something like this. You recently said that the idea of personally sanctioning President Putin was on the table. Is that a step that you're prepared to take? And if not- It's not a bluff, it's on the table. Sanctioning President Putin? Yes. Why not sanction him today, sir? Mr. President. Why not sanction him today, sir? Mr. President, if I can, you detailed some severe and swift new sanctions today and said the impact it will have over time. but. Given the full-scale invasion, given that you're not pursuing uh, disconnecting Russia from what's called SWIFT, the international banking system, or other sanctions at your disposal, respectfully, sir, what more are you waiting for? Specifically, with the sanctions we've imposed exceed SWIFT. The sanctions we imposed exceed anything that's ever been done. The sanctions we imposed have generated two-thirds of the world joining us. They are profound sanctions. Let's have a conversation in another month or so to see if they're working. Yeah. Yes. Can I ask you about Zelensky? Sir, you spoke to Vladimir Zelensky yesterday, sir. What's the, what's the risk that we are watching the beginning of another Cold War? And is there now a complete rupture in U.S. and Russian relations? There is a complete rupture right now in U.S.-Russian relations if they continue on this path that they're on. And in terms of a Cold War, that depends. You have the vast majority of the rest of the world in total opposition to what he's doing from Asia to South America to Europe to around the world. And so it's going to be a cold day for Russia. The idea, you don't see a whole lot of people coming to his defense. And are you, are, are you if I could follow up, sir, are you urging China to help isolate Russia? Are you urging China to help isolate Russia? I'm not prepared to comment on that at the moment. No, no. Yeah. No, no, no. He's had his hand up a long time. Thank you, Mr. President. How concerned are you that uh, Putin wants to go beyond Ukraine into other countries and the U.S. will have to get involved if he moves into NATO countries? Well, if he did move into NATO countries, he will be involved. We will be involved. The only thing that I'm convinced of is if we don't stop now, he'll be emboldened. If we don't move against him now with these significant sanctions, he will be emboldened. And Look, you know, every, uh, well, anyway. And can you talk anything more about your conversation? Can you, Mr. President, Mr. President. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Sir, India, which is a major defense partner of the United States, is India with fully with you on the issue of Ukraine and Russia? Does the Defense Department of the United States? Sir, India is one of your major defense partners. Is India fully in sync with the United States on, on Russia? We're gonna be we're in consultation with with India today. We haven't resolved that completely. One more question. Okay, thank you all very much. Thank you. All right. You have it.
There you have it. Uh, President Biden speaking on the situation. I don't really know how uh, that cleared things up, if at all, frankly, but we would be remiss if we didn't look at the market reaction. So I'm going to bring out my chart, my one minute chart over the spy during that um, press conference just then, just there. And let's take a look, see, and how the, you, you can see a, uh, an immediate pop. Why? I don't know. Then we gave those gains back. So we're, we're back to where we started here, more or less. But, um, I mean, he spoke tough. He talked tough. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think he did. I, it seemed, I don't know. More of the same. <laughs> more of the same. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good, I guess. All right. So um, what do we do? I guess we just wrap up the show. We don't have a roadmap show today. We've got uh, we've got um, our at the close show at, at, at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but I, unfortunately, I can't hang out with you all on stream all day. I have other things to do. Um, unfortunately, in phone calls and meetings, and um, like wait, your your mic is far from your mouth. Can you turn it, maybe. Wait, is is Aaron's mic even on? Can you guys check if Aaron's mic is on? All right, no one. Our producers are just abandoning us. So, right. well, no one can hear you. I think. We'll be back tomorrow. Well, uh, maybe they can hear you now. I don't know. All right, forget it. We're done. Um. I don't even know what to say at this point. All right, everyone, stay safe out there um, in the real world, in the markets, in the metaverse, wherever you are right now. Um, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. And I'll see you on at the close in an hour and a half. So we're done. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to Trade Zero. Thanks to uh, Robert Machinist. Thanks to Options Mike. Thanks to you for hanging out. And we'll catch you guys in a little bit.